Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Today, May 31st, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Focused, important show today. I had, as I often do, an unbelievable amount of stuff to get into today that I will get into most likely tomorrow, all sorts of things. And I made the decision to push all that off till tomorrow to focus on this today, which we have already. There's something, there's an important problem behind all of this in regard to the transgender movement, in quotes. For those that don't know my content or have just seen this title and jumped to conclusions about how I'm just towing some right-wing line, you're wrong. Because what I've been talking about relentlessly is that this is being misrepresented from all sides. There are plenty of people in this movement that are not what they're being framed as from either side. There's plenty of people in this movement And I say it differently. The point is there's people that are in this believing it's something that's fighting for equality. I'd be, I don't know how they can't see what this is, honestly, but there are also people that are involved in this movement that are in this for the reasons that everyone is arguing that they're in this for, from the, largely on the right. And I mean, this is not even up for debate. I've gone over endless amount of examples of people that are being caught in bathrooms, assaulting people that are trans. I've I've gone over examples of plenty of people that are using that conversation to groom children. That doesn't mean that everybody in in this conversation or in this movement are that, because that would be stupid to say. But if there is a possibility, which there is, and it is happening to some degree, that has to be discussed, and yet it's not. I want to go over this conversation today to show you what is really disconcerting to see. The, the, The origins, the background as I've titled the dark and surreptitious agenda driving all of this. Uh, and it is abusing children and adults for that matter. It's manipulating people and it has nothing to do as far as I can tell with anything that it's being framed as, but uh, as always, it's up for you to decide. So I wanted to do this focus today in a very specific way for those out there that might just stumble across this. I want it to be something that's not perceived as one side or the other, but rather a compilation of information that you can you know, measure delivery, discussing this, not outrage, just going over this stuff to let people see what I think is really going on. So you can use this information to make your own assessment of what you think this all is. I think it's really important, especially, you know, it's hard to stay not completely outraged when we're talking about what a, such a horrific topic. In, in, one, in the large part of this is the, is the focus on children that is absolutely beyond question undeniable. And why that makes sense. Now, I'll go over some points of why people argue that is, even though at the same time saying that's not happening, then going, but yeah, here's why it's okay, though, still, because, you know, you have to get to them early, otherwise they can't reach their full potential as the, the gender they believe they are. But so you can't make both those arguments at the same time, but it's being done. So we're going to go over this in depth as far as best as I can, some great research articles, some, some real world examples, and some important stories that recently happened, the one from Italy, which... <laughs> It's exactly what you might think, and yet the reality of that story is, I'll wait to get to it, is incredible that we have the police statements, we've got the local media telling you exactly what happened, even going as far as saying we're going to defend these police officers because they were doing the right thing, and then the media, the politicians, left ones in the country, are standing up and saying they can't attack this trans person without even considering what the, the narrative was or what the person did while in custody, according to the police, and sure, they could be lying. But we're going to get into all of this and show you what, what paint this picture this really paints. But I'm going to start with a couple of points today. 
I'm going to do as quick as I can because I know people want to get right to the, the, the crux of the point today. But I wanted to include a few things, just a couple of small points that I had separate off that weren't even in the other categories of today that I think are important just to point out. One of which, by the way, right out of the gate, um, Rockfin's not working. I don't really know why that is. I'm just a little bit, it's, it's, it's been acting weird in general for me. And I just wanted to show, I thought it was strange that I went on today and my stream keys aren't even showing up. So I don't know I'm not being blocked by Rockfin. That would be frustrating, but I, maybe they're having a glitch. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So for those that are trying to watch on Rockfin, it's not going to be happening today. I'll upload it later. That's, uh, that's frustrating. But I wanted to start today with a couple of quick points, just this first little part of category, one part from Peace Palestine. Now, these are just kind of a scattering of points that I wanted to make sure we included. I'm going to make sure I do this as quick as I can. It's important to make sure we see this, though. So I, I've, I've been making the argument myself, as many of us have, that we can't let East Palestine drop out of the conversation. If you have not seen this, I mean, if, if you haven't been paying attention at all with this story, it's, you have to go back and look at the work on TLAV or anybody else that has been doing this from the beginning of this. It is, it'll blow your mind. But just really quickly, and by the way, I have at least confirmed for the second time an interview with Scott C. Smith that is he hopefully will be set. For, we have it set for Friday. So. I, well, I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to talk to him because he's the one here doing this right now. He's been speaking mostly with some uh, mainstream outlets. I really wanted to get him on the conversation here to, to, to point out his excellent work, his research. Now, this is from May 29th, 2023, from a local corporate media platform. It's been almost four months since the catastrophic Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine, but people are still getting sick and they're still begging for answers. It's crazy. You would hear something quite different if you listen to this, the main mainstream media. CNN's Fox News is MSNBC. You won't hear that. Why is that? And why is EPA and Norfolk Southern and the government in, at large telling you the opposite? Because they don't care about you, which, by the way, is the interesting choice of why I use that picture today in regard to the trans conversation. Because, of course, the, the picture for them is supposed to mean, well, we don't care which bathroom you use. But it's an interesting point to make of what we're really getting at here today. The people driving the agenda, the agenda, not the real agenda, not the people in this who just feel like they're fighting for equality. But the government and the, and the surreptitious entities behind all this, they don't care about you, about anybody around you whether you're trans or anything else, they don't care. They're using you. And I think that picture really sums that up in, in the way that I'm using it, which, you know, I love to use the pictures from something else in corporate media and use them in a different way. Yeah, we don't care. And we get that. That's the point. And same thing here. They don't care about you. If they cared about these people, they would be doing something to help them. Linda and Russell Murphy live a little under three miles away from where the train derailed. So they didn't qualify for EPA testing because that's Makes sense, right? Despite the fact that we have on the record from CNN and plenty of others that dioxins in particular can travel thousands of miles. But, you know, even though EPA has acknowledged that is part of the problem now, which you don't hear from the corporate media, yet they still deny them testing because they care. This was early April and they took matters into their own hands. She, they said it's like pulling, prying teeth. You can't get answers. May 29, 2023. My vision is blurry. I have almost gone, I have almost like cognitive issues where I can't remember stuff. I've had a lot of shortness of breath, throat issues, like if you drink something hot and you've been burnt and you burned your throat. It's, you know, I'm actually kind of amazed that people haven't tried to argue that they're suffering from long COVID. Who knows if they're injected? Maybe that's part of it. Either way, everyone in town is dealing with this that is in proximity to the things that he's finding. And still, we're baffled. They don't know. You're lying. 19 News checked back with Murphy's family on Monday, and they are still dealing with these symptoms. In summary, they're about, and this is from uh, Scott C. Smith. 
who I'll be interviewing on Friday. In summary, there are about 50 different chemicals from petroleum-related compounds that appear to only come from very intense coal factories, coal burning, which would indicate this is from the... Con- which I don't know whether he actually said controlled burn or that's the corporate media saying that. He himself has been pointing out it wasn't a controlled burn, but then the corporate coverage of his work, as I showed you the other day, has been saying that. Now it says that in his quote. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't think it's a controlled burn. I hope not. And the derailment itself, and we found the host of dioxins present which you guys already know. His work and plenty of others have already found this. They are consistent with the people that are showing symptoms. There's clearly a consistent pattern and the people who aren't showing symptoms, well, the chemicals aren't near them. It's almost like it's, it writes itself, right? But yet the EPA is scratching its head. Wow, don't always work and we're baffled. We don't realize, we, yes, you do know what's going on. You've already tested, you already know, you are obfuscating this. Now get work this out for me. As you know, that they've already said that because we've told you and we've shown the work that dioxins are present. And yet, weirdly enough, they're shipping the, the waste to places that we've proven are even set up to deal with those things. Isn't it amazing? I think T-Lab is like the only platform on the planet that has been pointing out that contradiction. If I'm wrong, tell me. I'd love to give them a shout out. We've covered this. In, like, in, un, uh, here, let me get this really quickly, actually. It pops up. Here we go. It's just one of them. I've done multiple points on this. Clean harbors. Watch this work if you want to understand this. Direct phone calls to the groups where they admit this. Or PFAS, for that matter. EPA classifies dioxins as highly toxic. They can cause cancer, reproductive problems, damage the immune system. But we're baffled. Now, by the way, this is not the only problem. Just understand, it's the one that we decided to focus on because it's the most dangerous. But, quote, the EPA is citing a singular exposure to a singular dioxin or chemical. And what the experts and the medical doctor I'm working with, it's about the combination of these chemicals. Willful ignorance. So yes, the dioxins are a problem, but the fact that they're in combination with many other things, that's what they're truly dealing with. There are no standards to use to, so there, uh, he says there are no standards. So there you have it again. It's facts versus truth. His point is they don't even have something to guide them on this. They're just telling you you're wrong. Well, how do you know? This is like saying, take these injections together. They're safe. Well, you don't know. You've never tested them alongside each other. So here we are. They're lying yet again. And numerous experts, even Texas A&M, have told you many chemicals highly above the, the, the safe level. People being diagnosed with chemical bronchitis, animals diagnosed with chemical poisoning. I can't even believe we're still having this conversation. But guess what? No one's talking about it anymore. They won, apparently. He says, the truth is for every 10 chemicals we find, there's a thousand different combinations. There are no quotes or standards or safety research on the combination of those chemicals. And yet they ship them together. They use them together. They don't ask the same thing, guys. These people, the government, from every angle of their fake regulation, don't seem to care about your health at all. They'll also be collecting blood samples. The goal is to follow residents over time to study how their symptoms and blood markers may predict future health issues connected with the derailment. What else are they going to find? a lot of stuff going on today, huh? Well, please follow up on this, and I will be doing more of a focus back on this at some point, like a show like today. Newly released data shows the soil in East Palestine. Look, this is just searching East Palestine dioxin generally on, on, a, on a brave search. And this is citing from Guardian, Washington Post. It says the newly released data that soil in East Palestine contains dioxin levels hundreds of times greater than the exposure threshold, above which EPA scientists in 2010 found poses cancer risks. I mean, what's happening right now? How is it possible that we can quite literally, but by the way, we've shown you this article before. 
This is not that long ago. This is from March 2023. Newly released data shows hundreds of times greater, hundreds of times greater than the exposure that the EPA says is safe, and yet it's on The Guardian, and yet we're still disputing this. We're still, not that The Guardian makes it real. The point is that is the truth. Of course, the EPA has yet to publicly share specific data about the potent toxic. How is that possible? Dioxins, like the FDA, we'll give them 75 years because they care about you. Dioxins can cause cancer, damage. We just read that. Dioxins can be created in poorly controlled fires or uncontrolled burns. The EPA ordered Norfolk Southern to test the area for dioxins. And don't forget what they said. They didn't say that it wasn't dangerous. They said, well, it's, it's about the same as the general background problem. And that is the game because we've already proven to you that the background level has been dangerous way too high for decades. They know this. Again, the CNN article in 1990 was talking about this problem, and they were going, oh, my God, you go buy Kentucky Fried Chicken, you're getting 100 times the level. How is that possible? Oh, we're baffled. Nobody cared. It's, what's crazy to me is people listen to this and, and go, oh, this guy's crazy. Seriously, you guys know this. It's, this, it's, this, it's the most, I mean, we're looking at their own coverage, and yet people still find the way to dismiss it. Oh, and guess what, guys? Great news. Congratulations to the COO of Norfolk Southern for being named one of the 2023 Readers Influential Leaders. Excuse me, 2023 Readers Influential Leaders. Great. We're now giving them awards. It's like every other process in our broken governmental system, right? Getting the Medal of Honor to people that aren't actually worthy of it. You know, Nobel Peace Prizes to people that killed everyone. You know, it's all, it's classic. Influential Leaders. Good job, Norfolk Southern. Doing great. Man, well, on another note, and we'll come back to that, Sal Diagris points out 53 people shot in Chicago gun-free zones over Memorial Day weekend. Oh, you didn't hear that on the news? I wonder why. No tweets from David Hogg, Joe Biden, no travel advisories, no coverage, domain, nothing. Because those people don't matter, apparently. Right? Aren't they the ones telling you that skin color matters more than ever today, except not that skin color, only in those certain areas? Right? Because what you're looking at, the lack of coverage are the real racists of today. Not to suggest that there aren't racists that they're pointing at that might actually be racist, but these people are the worst. The ones that are actually like in ideologically driven racist, but yet they're hiding behind the idea that they're not because only you can be. This is ridiculous. And I'm only making the race point because we're talking about Chicago specifically. And that's the point. Baltimore, Chicago, these largely black neighborhoods that have lots of gun violence and they're, they're gun-free zones. They don't talk about it. It's disgusting. So it just shows you they don't really care about gun violence. They care about the kind of violence they can use to perpetuate their agenda. Also, one other quick note, and I haven't followed up on this. I mean, I looked today. I was researching this, but I haven't. I was unable to verify it. The only I've only found two sources that are really pointing at this. Scotland Today Online is one of them. Zelensky to be investigated for high treason by Ukraine State Bureau of Investigation. Now, I too thought it was like that's that can't be that that seems like the last thing you'd expect. But there seems to be some documentation that they're showing. I followed up with this account. It doesn't seem to be something you would just dismiss out of hand. But I will follow up. wanted to let you know this is being reported by a few different people. Quite honestly, when you read into this, it wouldn't really surprise me. Especially as we see their narrative disintegrating every day it goes by. So maybe it's time for him to get thrown under the bus like all the rest of them. But we'll see. We'll come back to it. In Israel's point, and again, like I said, just smattering of points just to get these out. One thing... Uh, this is an interesting point that I wanted to make to follow up on what I said before. Here's, I can't even believe this is a real person, and apparently it is. Why don't Palestine a- Arabs living in the West Bank and Gaza make peace with Israel? <laughs> why, why don't they do that? Negotiate borders and create their own state the way Israelis did. Oh, is that what they did? 
<laughs> my God. This way they could have their own right of return in their own country. I mean, my God, man. Like, I don't even have, do I even need to get into how completely uninformed and misinformed and wow. And I said, one thing does get in the way of that fancy little narrative is that the Israeli government, you know, openly states that Palestinians will never have their own state. This is what I mean when people, when I say that people listen to what the U.S. government says Israel wants instead of actually listening to what the Israeli government says that it actually wants. Think about how ridiculous that is. But here we are. And this point can be applied to just about every topic you can point at today. Narrative versus the reality. Now, on to Twitter, a couple of quick points. Linda Yaccarino said a couple of very interesting things. Where we at? 20 minutes. Already too long that I wanted to do it. Either way, almost done the beginning part. She says, Jimmy Fallon, put it best. 123 is Nerd Coachella. This is where big tech meets big media, powered by our content technology and partnerships. She's at this new little, yeah, what I guess, 123 summit. <laughs> we heard from the inventor and the innovator, the icon, Steve Wozniak, about breaking up the status quo by breaking down silos and blah, the points right here. We announced major new partnerships with Amazon Cloud Services. What's some other interesting ones? Daily Mail, GM. Interesting. Accenture. Andy brought the Bravo team magic to this summit because BravoCon is the perfect marriage of fan and blah, blah, blah. Here's the point. Because change is not going to stop. In fact, it's going to keep coming. The clock is ticking. As of September 2024, the currency we've all used for years is going to disappear. Hmm. We can't slow down, which is why we've certified 29 new partners across five. Okay, well, who's deciding all of this? Is, is, are we changing whether or not we like it? Well, that's what we're all being told by all the people telling us it's in our best interest. Isn't this interesting? I don't feel really good. About, I mean, I don't think anybody feels good about this, even these Elon sycophants. But clearly, this is a problem. Yeah, the currency, like all these things we're talking about. She said, we brought the Joint Industry Committee to the stage, a watershed moment for measurement with agencies and publishers uniting to guarantee a better future for our industry. We've had, we've, we have to be all in, and we have to be all in together. It's very eerily like World Economic Forum kind of narratives, right? Concerning. One other point on Twitter I think is interesting. Let me know if you guys see this too. I've been doing a lot of this where I'm trying to, you know, bring up tweets that seem to be gone. And they used to be able to find them on the Wayback Machine. Now, this tweet was indeed saved in the Wayback Machine. The last probably seven times I've tried to ha- look for one and found that it was on there, it still doesn't show up. Which I find very interesting. Along with everything else we're, we're seeing... I think we're in the age of aggressive obfuscation and suppression, where censorship is no longer on the forefront because we're too aware of it. That's my opinion. But honestly, obfuscation and suppression are far more... Rel- uh, it's more conducive with the way the world's operating right now. Now, I find that interesting. Now, do you think that... And I've already, we've already talked about the Wayback Machine being compromised. Does that mean they're influencing this and they're stopping these? Or something they're doing from Twitter side to stop it from being able to... I don't know. But that's interesting to me. Now, one another point on Twitter I think is funny, but at the same time makes an interesting point. Alex, Alexand, Alexandria or, Ocasio-Cortez, her, the real account, which, by the way, has a gray check mark, which a point it seems like we all know now is the one that's, you know, which, the point about this is her parody account. One, it's hilarious how she's losing her S about this whole thing, and uh, it's just kind of embarrassing. But it shows you that this is about... I'll just read the tweet. She says, FYI, there's a fake account on here impersonating me and going viral. The Twitter CEO has engaged it, boosting visibility. It is releasing false policy statements and gaining spread. I'm assessing with my team how to move forward. In the meantime, be careful of what you see. This is indeed her real account. AOC, same thing, right? 
13 million followers. Well, here's what's interesting. If that was actually happening, well, that, you know, whether you, whatever you think about it, it would violate their terms of service. And Elon, historically so far, would do something about it, right? Well, here's the problem. This is the actual account, or at least the image. We don't need to get into it entirely. This is what it shows. AOC Press, right? But, but, you know, and it's wise, smart play by them if you're for trolling perspective, because this, the long name gets cut off in most things, and you miss that parody part. But it very clearly says parody in both places. And there's no check, but it's got a blue check, right? So my point is, and I kind of don't mean this the way, but I, it's the same point. If your followers are too dumbed down to be able to recognize this is a parody, they deserve to be misled. Now, that's my, I don't know, I don't really mean that I feel like, unle- un, you know, the point is that people should learn to do their own due diligence. And if you're being trained to not do so and dismiss things without looking at them because you were told you're not supposed to X, Y, and Z, which is everywhere, I kind of feel like you deserve it at this point. You're choosing to be ignorant. But it says this is a matter of basic due diligence and free speech. Nothing is violated here. This appears to be nothing more than a petty effort to stop more popular account. Now, when I said that, the point is not the followers, because it's smaller, but the engagement, which, which you'll see. Uh, well, I should just do it real quickly. Well, I don't want to waste too much time. If you search for her account, just type in AOC, the parody comes up first. Because engagement-wise, it's getting more attention right now. It's getting more engaged with, and I think that bothers the hell out of her. But the overall point here is it's a parody. It's obvious. And this is the problem. This, the, the, main, the point that gets larger about this is this is what's happening everywhere. So now we have to start censoring even satire. Well, because you're too dumb to understand. Are you? Or is that the way they want it all to be seen? That we can't, we have to cultivate the information because people are too stupid. They'll fall for it. Well, this is not the way this should be done. One, free speech and so on. But the idea is this is a means to an end to be able to just cultivate information in every way they want to. Now, honestly, I don't think she's, you know, the, the bright enough one to be able to be pushing that agenda. But the point is, nonetheless, it's still happening that way. And I find it very interesting. Now, here's where it changes a little bit. Just to be clear, very different account. From what I can tell, this parody account hasn't done anything that violates any terms of service. It just bothers her, which, frankly, I think is kind of funny. But here, this person posts something, which I find out real quick before I scroll down. For anybody with kids watching, there's a little bit of nudity here. And I mean that. So be careful. Don't let, you know, if there's kids watching, earmuffs or eye muffs or whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to scroll down if you're ready. Okay, so it's a shock. AOC is in a Twitter tizzy, alerting her followers that she's not as funny as her parody account. It's kind of making fun of her, right? But somebody edited this picture to make it look like you could see her breasts. Now, obviously, and then it says here, the photo has been distorted. I'm surprised they left this up, to be quite honest, because now, now you're getting into the point at which she has a claim. Again, from my perspective, I, I, it's ultimately comes down to a free speech concept. But there's a debate to be had since it's a person and the imaging and so on. We're getting into like the deep fake territory now. Maybe the point, right? Either way, you can see her real picture here. It's not there. So it's interesting what's happening now. We'll see how it plays out. Either way, my guess will be it will err on the side of less free speech. <laughs> Probably the point. Now, last few points on Trump. I wanted to point something out. Kim.com made a point that says, Trump says China is responsible for COVID-19. He keeps calling it the China virus and says China will pay a steep price for the millions of people who died. Trump knows the U.S. government funded the U.S. scientists who created COVID-19 at the Wuhan lab in China. Trump is dishonest. It's an interesting statement. He follows up by simply saying, you know, look, check out my show on Fort Detrick. There's more to the story. Thank you for doing that. But it's interesting, though. You're seeing this kind of shift, right? And the idea is that, even people that are on the on you know inside the two party paradigm are are 
at the very least able to realize that you can't just go China bad guy Wuhan flu without realizing his direct connection to the way this all went down and his ignorance of certain things. And on top of all of it, using the Chinese genetic sequence for both injections, mRNA or all of them, really. No, with no words, China bad guy. They wouldn't let us, didn't let us know. But yet we're going to use their sequence without any kind of verification to make all these injections and never look back. We're being lied to, obviously. Adam Kazinger points something out that I think is interesting. Actually, uh, here I'll do this one first. Robert F. Kennedy points this out, coming up from from Pedro's point uh, post in regard to this story from the National was the National Post, the National, yeah, the National Pulse, Pulse where he says, basically, this person is lying to you, rather by through omission, forest through, missing the forest for the trees kind of a point, right? By acting like his point here, the story that seems to have never been told, how Big Pharma ousted Trump health secretary and Pence and replaced him with India. So basically saying that, you know, they had influence in his cabinet. But the real point is what he says here. Nowhere in the articles it noted that Pfizer was the biggest medical donor to Trump's inauguration, which bought the company four tickets to a leadership luncheon with select cabinet appointees and House and Senate, Senate leadership. That's how Pharma shills like Scott Gottlieb and Alex Azar ended up in the Trump administration. It's also why Trump killed the Vaccine Safety Commission with RFK, was supposed to lead. That and the fact that Trump cared more about the council people like Bill Gates and his own, than his own supporters. He bragged last year about a huge J&J pharmaceutical fortune after the company received $1 billion for Operation Warp Speed. And on and on, you get the point. And he makes the point that national polls shouldn't be trusted. That's his opinion. You can think for yourself. Donald Trump owns stock in Pfizer and J&J, who bought fancy tickets to his inauguration. That's how Washington works. It's not the exception, but the rule. It is a form of legalized bribery. Right? I agree. It's important. So they're seemingly going after him. But here's an interesting thing I want to point out, sort of on the other side, is he put out this post that says, Happy Memorial Day to all, but especially to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the country they love. And it's, it's pretty benign. But it goes on to point out the terrorist misfits and lunatic thugs who are working feverishly from within to overturn and destroy our once great country, which has never been in greater peril than right now. We must stop them. What's interesting to me, he says, this will be my last tweet today. I only intend to acknowledge the importance of this moment. He's literally talking about this tweet as if that's that important. But this is important enough for me to say how despicable of a man Trump is to post this today. A sick, mentally unfit, weak, and trembling child. Of course, he just... It's just, this guy's an idiot, man. I mean, really, the point, he's upset because he's saying people fighting from within, trying to overtake the country. How dare you say that on, on, Vetra, on, on Memorial Day? Okay, but wait a minute. What's the other side saying? Okay, that there's a right-wing problem of people within the government trying, you know, like the military and the white, white supremacy, and they're trying to overtake the Okay, so it's only fair to say when it's you guys saying it about the other side. But if he says it about you guys, well, he's a mentally sick, unfit child no, you're a child. You're all children. You're all ridiculous children screaming for attention, and I'm tired of it. But it makes a good point. Last three points here. The rise of Latino white supremacy. Still happening. This is May 30th. This is yesterday. As Sal points out, they dropped the Latinx thing real quick. <laughs> Which kind of brings us into what we're getting into, the, 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 the arguments of the pronouns and everything else they said the demand for white supremacy is clearly far greater than the supply like it's getting really really bad because there's not this overflow of events popping up everywhere which they're clearly going to drive it i would argue what they've already tried to do with their azov movement plans but clearly it's not what people what they're screaming it is 
and I'm going to skip past this for time, but the point is we just talked about this, where they're telling you a threat on the power grid is coming. They're going to attack everywhere, and it's all lone shooter white supremacists from inside the country that we can't verify. Biggest threat ever. Nothing, literally nothing to back it up. It's the same threat they pushed in 2020, actually citing that same thing from 2020. Seriously. Last thing before we jump over, I want to make sure you guys know we have an event coming up on the 3rd, starts on the 3rd, and what goes, this, technically the second's like a VIP day, then it goes 3rd and 4th, and uh, this will be actually in Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee, at the factory. I'll be playing a new song, and I'll be giving a little speech, maybe 30 minutes on the stage, Rebels for Cause Festival. This is just a personal little graphic they sent me. Make sure you check it out, guys. The tickets are still available. You can see it right there, Rebels for, rebelsforcause.com, and uh, put in the promo code TLAV to help support specifically the last American Vagabond. That's coming up. Here's the actual link. You guys can check it out. There's a lot of people going to be there. Should be fun. Looks like George Webb was added. Uh, there's some other new ones are added, but it'll be fun, guys. Make sure you check it out. Now, on that quick note, in the interim, I wanted to make sure you guys saw in regard to how you can support this platform. Because obviously, we're talking a lot about it, and, and there are going to be some new things coming your way. We'll be talking about it more. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest, where that's going to be going, but we are at a point where we've seen a pretty, pretty dramatic dip in, in, in donations. And I, as the way as I hear it, so is pretty much everybody. We're in a very interesting time. And in no way am I doing that to drive anything. Like I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that, that that's anybody's fault, right? It's just the way it is. Right? I feel very positive about where we are as a platform. Your support is overwhelmingly positive and always has been. Nonetheless, as we grow, really to look at it this way, as I bring on more things, more writers, more work, that costs more. And so I, it just, I don't want to keep squeezing all the people out there that donate out of the goodness of their hearts. So I'm trying to figure out a way to make this work and grow and continue with that plus something else. And in no way will that ever, ever influence content or editorial. But you guys, I've, heard, I've been saying it a lot. More will be coming. But I want to show you guys how you can support this platform in case you don't know. On this main page, you can see there's a donate page, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, Subscribestar, Cash App, all these different places. You can see them here. This is the donate page where you can go in and donate in a lot of different ways directly on the platform. Here's our T-Lab Substack where you can donate. Founding members, by the way, we do two different uh, meetings a week just for the founding members where Scott and I have little meetings behind the scenes, never publicized. You guys get to join us, have conversations, ask us whatever you want to join founding members. You have to do that to be able to enter, uh, join us on those meetings. But a lot of great content coming out here from all T-Lab, every under, everything under the T-Lab umbrella. Scott's Rebunked platform, which is all, now part of T-Lab, as well as all the different writers on Substack and everything else we're putting out. Make sure you check it out there. Here's our Cash App if you want to donate that way. Our Subscribe Star is an interesting way to do that. We also have our T-shirt sales from Truth Clothing. You can check this out. A lot of different stuff under here a lot of people don't even know about. A lot of great T-shirts you can check out and stickers. And then we also recently just added this one from a different uh, from the Blue Frog Group, which are great people, in regard to the Free Speech Absolutist shirt. On the back, it says, I support the last American Vagabond. Great shirt. I, I, it's one of my favorites, actually. Then we also have our Buy Me a Coffee platform, if you want to check that out. Subscribe here. A lot of different donation levels to do so we actually recently just added the odyssey memberships no one signed up for this yet so you can be the first one and once we start getting people signing up i will be doing some special content and things for this never news related because i never want to put anything news related behind a paywall and i plan on never doing that ever unless you can access it somewhere else like for instance rockfin i've been putting on premium but all the content is like on seven other platforms right now live it's just it's like subscribe star right it's always behind a, pl- a paywall you can access it if you want to through the paywall because you can support us there. Otherwise, you can access it everywhere else. Of course, we also have 
our how to do objective research on autonomy, which an autonomy platform is fantastic. There's two other ways to do that in our show notes below. You can support uh, um, uh, Richard Grove's personal one, as well as the platform in general, or our specific how to do objective research instruction uh, program. It's outstanding. All that said, let's get into the point today. I put this out today on the pinned tweet in case you want to check this out. Sovereign, by the way, if you guys aren't checking out Sovereign, it's time to do so. They've got moves coming. There's a lot of things coming your way from that platform. It's an excellent platform, and I really hope everybody will get into it. That's, that's Ben Swan's platform. But they put it, we, uh, Brock just posted our, one of our recent clips, The Trans Agenda, Lies, Manipulation, and Motives. It's a really great breakdown. I recommend you check this out. I hope that people watched it beforehand. So let's, let's get into this. We just recently talked about this on the 25th. The extreme risk of the trans movement. And I had some quotes for a reason, because I believe that we're being manipulated. I'd like to start with a great ex- article on the, the Publica from Josh Walkos, who also recently put up a post about BlackRock on, on the T-Lab website. Gen, uh, transgenderism went mainstream. Now it's coming for our kids. <clears throat> now, everything in here, you, there's links and source material you can check out for yourself. I find this very important to start here so we understand, you know, this is, doesn't necessarily explain or just everything that's ever happened since, but it really gives you a good picture of, of where this is coming from. Today, transgenderism dominates political discourse and popular culture. <clears throat> Excuse me. The once relatively obscure medical condition is found almost everywhere. Ubiquitous in print, advertising, and all modern entertainment. It has found a home in TikTok communities dominated by teenagers and young people, which is one of the biggest points throughout this whole thing today that really gets under my skin. The idea that in every way, <clears throat> like in so many more, more ways than, it, than is really on the surface, this is being targeted t- towards children. And I think it's a really concerning thing to see. Let me close some of these real quickly so I can get that. There we go. And one of the biggest things is that that's that not actually happening right now. That's the big push. That's a myth. It's sort of like all these things, you know, predators in the bathrooms. That's all a myth. And it's not a myth. If it's happened once, it's not a myth. And it has many times. I can't, I, I, if you look for it, you'll find an endless amount of examples. Does that mean that it's 50%? Most likely not. Does that mean, but the point is we don't know. And the point is that as they actively try to say, don't even look for it because it's not real. It's obfuscating the entire thing. Yes, there's a problem with this. Yes, it is happening. But we need to be balanced about this and have discernment to not say that that then means that everybody gay or trans is a problem. That's exactly what they want from the people running the agenda, not trans people. But in schools and across the education system, gender ideology is taught to children as young as five. So first of all, we're just talking about the, the, the teaching of this concept. Now, this is one of the things I'm going to show you throughout this discussion, too, is that they keep saying, well, people, ch- kids or just people in general that decide that they're a different gender at some point, if they don't, if we don't allow them, no, actually I take it back specifically kids. If we don't allow them to take action like puberty blockers and then hormones and everything else before eight, well, then we, we, we ruin their lives essentially, right? The idea is that we have to get this done early. Otherwise then, okay, well, they, they, they teach them all of this. Here's what you can do and you can change this and you can be that. We're not even talking about gender dysphoria anymore. You can just choose if you want to, except that's a big problem because the mainstream conversation from all the main platforms are still using gender dysphoria as the argument. The entire movement right now is arguing it's not about we're, we're not mentally ill. We don't have some kind of disorder. 
it's because we want to. Okay, well, that's contradictory right now in the entire conversation. But my point is that they teach these kids about this, then they grew into it, and then let's just say they decide they let's just you can say look at it either way. Either they genuinely have gender dysphoria or they just decide they want to be something else, both of which are being claimed by this community as acceptable. Okay, then they decide they want to change, but they can't for any number of reasons. Well, then they get upset, then they get emotionally distraught, then they take action against themselves. Okay, was that because they're a transgender person that can't get out? Or is it because they have been conditioned to think that and that affects them mentally? Both are possible, certainly. Okay, the problem here is that we're staring at a situation where that's getting conflated. You know there are some people, as we can prove, that get manipulated as people speaking out, testifying, saying, I, I, I grew up and I realized I was wrong and it ruined my life. If that's even remotely possible, which it clearly is, we can't allow this to continue going forward with no guidance at all. Because right now it's being discussed and, and even diagnosed and given it with kids at young as five, three. I mean, we've seen all sorts of crazy examples where they just go, oh, I can tell because they wore boys clothes. We'll start giving them puberty blockers until they can decide. That's crazy because there are dramatic side effects from that specifically that last the rest of your life, not even getting into hormones or the actual surgeries, which we will today. Teaching as kids as young as five. Teachers insist that sex is not immutable and gender is fluid. Well, that's aggressively debated by all sorts of very educated, very influential people. So how is it possible that we're in a situation where you have teachers who are teaching children when this is still being debated? It's like the discussion of climate change. Now, the problem with saying that actually, as I say it, is that we know we're in a world now politically and have been for a while where they never end the debate. They always keep it going, even when the facts are undeniably clear. Nonetheless, the point is that this is being debated on a very serious way, and yet they're still they're already jumping past that, like they always tend to do, which the agenda tends to do. But transgenderism, he writes, has not always been mainstream. It has grown in popularity. We have reached what can only be considered the proverbial red line, the transing of children. And this is the real point here. And, the, and by the way, that doesn't mean just surgery. Puberty blockers, hormones, and surgery. Every single one of these things are dangerous, or at the very least can be. It says, once, uh, we once snickered at overprotective helicopter parents of the 90s and 2000s. Sadly, we now see the opposite in action. Today, parents are willing to medicalize their children for life, which, by the way, is not even debatable. That's what this is, often to satisfy their own pathologies. But this, the point of the, when they start doing this, it's, it's listed in, bas in basically every article you can find about this, even the pro ones, that they end up going on certain hormone treatments that they can't stop forever, the rest of their life, because if they do, there's pretty serious side effects. And then, of course, they end up not producing the hormones they need to maintain what they perceive as their, their sexuality or their gender. So well, I'll get into that point later. But the idea being that if they have to take these things to force their body into a position it doesn't want to be in, the moment you stop, it goes back. I kind of find it hard to think that is a natural thing that you were supposed to be. But that's my own opinion. But it says, how did we get here? The practice has been a subject of controversy since the early 1900s. You might be surprised to realize that it goes back quite a way. In America, it wasn't until the 1960s when these surgeries were conducted at none other than Johns Hopkins University by psychologist John Money and surgeon Claude Midgeon, Midgeon, that the foundation for today's gender ideology started to take shape. In early 1900s, and in response to the illegality of homosexuality under the German law, a young Jewish doctor, Jewish doctor and named Magnus Hirschfeld founded the Institute of Sexual Research. 
a place where sex reassignment surgeries would be tested for the first time. Several decades earlier, the now infamous paragraph 175 was established, which was criminalizing sex between men and making it punishable by law. Surprisingly, this law wouldn't be repealed until 1994, effectively putting an end to a century of persecution of male homosexuals in Germany. Due to paragraph 175 and the prevailing negative attitudes towards homosexuality in the 1990s, gay men had no choice but to hide their proclivity. This created an underground Berlin of sorts that thrived for some time. Magnus Hirschfeld was one of those leaders. Hirschfeld himself, a gay man, disagreed with the popular opinion of the time that homosexuality was a mental illness, which I do too. And I honestly think anybody saying that it is, 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 is equally problematic right now. But one, because we have plenty of research and scientific studies, which, of course, we should be questioning, as always, that, that make it clear this is just a, a natural process of the body. But with the way we see stuff going today, of course, we should question it and ask whether we were, you know, blah, blah, blah. But my point is that we can see where we are now, that we need to make a fine line between what's happening. And look, even when it comes into the idea of transgender today, it's about personal choice for adults, period. Everything else is where this gets concerning. Right now, look, I've made my personal opinions, both from a religious standpoint or just my personal stance many, many times. But all of that is secondary because of what does my opinion matter on somebody's personal choices for their own body? But it says after and then another point is to make is that you have a lot of people that are politically motivated right now that very clearly and have expressed as much think that being homosexual, homosexual is a problem, that that's wrong. And that is what they're framing as the entire conversation. That's what they would frame me as right now, even for having this conversation, which is not true. After receiving a letter from a man who'd taken his own life out of shame for his same-sex attraction, a deeply affected Hertzfeld committed himself to the study of sexual health, specializing in homosexuality. Now, it's, an, it's an interesting to think about. Okay, at a time when it's clearly criminalized, at least in Germany at this case, right? The idea that that person... Like it's not some, obviously it's not some gigantic political agenda telling you it's okay and everyone is and if you want to be and blah, 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 like we're seeing today. So you could argue that this person with the opposite motivation who secretly realizes, yeah, then that's clearly something that's there. I would argue, I would argue that. There's no way to deny that because it's something he clearly didn't want and even ended up take, uh, taking his own life because he didn't want that. So he had these urges. So the point is you can't deny that there is that. It does exist. And I would, I would argue that that probably translates to the same kind of concept, but then why you would think you need to surgically alter your body to reach, just be who you are and act on, you know, unless you're violating a law. And of course, there's obviously problems if you're acting in non-consensual ways and then age as well, obviously. And all of these things play into this larger factor, right? Consenting adults, period. But I think that's interesting to think about because now the opposite is what I was just describing is now you've got people that have been raised on the idea that it is something and it becomes a, a, just a, a personal choice, which that's crazy when we're talking about things that are life altering that you can't reverse and direct in, invasive surgeries. So you have people that think this and then think when they don't get it, that then they're struggling or that they're and they get depressed because it's in some cases only because they've been set up to think that's the reality. In 1897, he goes on, he founded the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, an organization with members from around the world that promoted sexual research. It was created in part with the hopes of abolishing paragraph 175 from the German legal code. During this time, Hirschfeld also developed his own theory of sexual intermediaries. This is interesting because this seems to be the origin of the conversation, what would be recognized today as non-binary. He believes this should be considered a third sex known as 
the, that, that word in German. That's the point we often hear from that community, somehow, which they somehow argue means that it is a natural thing. It's always been there, but that's not necessarily the case. Whatever your opinions, but this one person came to that conclusion. But either way, it's just an identity that doesn't necessarily change who you are on the outside. It's just something you can say, I want this and I want, we all have our own opinions and all wants and needs and everything else. Where this becomes an issue is where you begin to argue that we should literally surgically alter our bodies to meet that desire. In 1910, he coined the term transvestite. And by late 1920s, Hertzfeld Institute for Sexual Research performing the world's first sex reassignment surgeries. 1910. Interesting. The most well-known patient to attend the Institute of Sexual Research was Danish painter Lily Elby, whose first surgery was carried out at the clinic. Elby underwent four surgeries total, including a vaginoplasty, the last of which a womb transplant, which proved to be fatal. In America, transsexualism hadn't received the same level of attention. The disorder continued to be obscure and uncommon. That changed in 1952 when Christine uh, uh, Jorgensen, a World War II veteran, returned home from Denmark. And you can see here the headlines, XGI becomes blonde beauty. Which is interesting. So, you know, going this part, this whole, this way back, it just seems to be something that was few and far between. Like, the question becomes, if this wasn't a push with marketing campaigns and, and commercials and, and branding, that, people, that this would be something that people might do at, at obscure moments when they felt it was that necessary for their own choices. But once it becomes a fad, that's where it's clearly a problem. John Money a New Zealand sexologist and psychologist, received his Ph.D. from Harvard in 1952. He went on to become a professor of medical psychology and pediatrics at John Hopkins University. While there, his work centered on a theory, one that is at the core of transgender ideology. Today, he is understood as the godfather of the modern transgender movement. Some also hold him squarely responsible for the gender theory that has infected young people in the West. Money, like other gender ideologies, insisted that gender is a social construct, one that is fluid and ever-changing. You may ask yourself, which, by the way, is not contentious, or it shouldn't be to point out, is contradictory to basic biology. You may be asking yourself, how could money possibly test this theory? Now, again, going back to that point, actually, we're talking about in, in, you know, in reality, physically. You can feel and act however you want, which is kind of the point. Right. You, if you, the, the idea that you need to invasively change yourself in some way and maintain chemical alteration for the rest of your life to meet that is, is in my opinion, kind of crazy. The point that is always important is to say that somebody wanted to do something, you know, without all of that and just dress. There's it's so many overlaying, many overlapping layers to this. That somebody can just wake up one day and decide that they were this and put on a wig and then they're apparently allowed to go in young girls showers. YMCA, I showed you two different stories about that last week. And the YMCA tells them they're being bigots by saying it's inappropriate. Seven, eight, ten-year-old girls with a man with full nude penis right in the shower. But because he identifies as a woman, that suddenly that's okay. You know, the, the point is this is becoming so obviously problematic. Gender being a social construct, well, that's fine if you think that, but that cannot overlap with other people's rights, laws. Suddenly what we're seeing is the idea that your social, your gender construct is now circumventing laws and circumventing social norms. That's crazy. 
I mean, it's, it's the equivalent of you deciding that you're like, I mean, think about this. If you just woke up one day as a man out there, just decided to be a woman, this community would probably reject you, especially if you felt like if they, you know, that's, we've already seen that happen, actually, where people are saying, well, I'm a woman now. And they go, no, you're not. Well, what do you mean? No, I'm not. If you keep telling us it's a choice, then you don't get to dictate what choice. If I make a choice just to troll you, it's still a choice, isn't it? You see, obviously, it's more than that. He goes on to say, you may be asking yourself, how could money possibly test this theory about the fact that it's just fluid? He'd need test subjects, newborn children that could be socialized as the other sex. And as unlikely as it may seem, that's actually what he did with a young Canadian boy, David Reimer. At around seven months old, David suffered a catastrophic injury to his penis after a failed circumcision, which is crazy to think about. Not knowing what else to do, David's parents took him to Johns Hopkins Hospital, again, in Baltimore, Maryland. Of course, Maryland. <laughs> and did you see John Money? In this child, John Money saw an opportunity to test his theory and convince David's parents to allow his son to undergo sexual se- surgical sex change. This would be the first sex reassignment surgery ever conducted on an otherwise normal, healthy child. The process entailed clinical castration followed by 12 years of hormone therapy, along with social and mental conditioning to convince David he was a girl. So it's important to realize this is far, far, far more. Well, I'm just going to say far more than than kids are being introduced to this today. But I take it back because what they're doing with the social and mental conditioning is what you're seeing right now all around the world. Every show and TV and and social media app and poster and, and marketing and advertising, all of it, that's what's happening. I would still argue, though, this was more intensive and directed immediately to him. But interesting to think about because how it turns out has some implications for that overall point. One extra or extraordinary aspect of this story is that David had an identical twin brother. And this proved money uh, provided him with a control, a matched control. This added an odd sort of credibility to the research. At least people perceived it as such. One which fascinated a wider medical community. Ultimately, the experiment was widely celebrated in the literature, as an unequivocal triumph. You know why? Well, because immediately afterward, they say he's a girl, and he thinks he's a girl. It worked. See why that's important today? Well, you will in a minute, because as he went old, got older and grew up and realized it was a mistake, well, that's the part we don't get to hear today, especially because this is so new, and so many people are doing this now. And even though, even then, we are still seeing examples of people selling, I'm 34, and we just showed you the one uh, the one that I think was on, on t- discuss- the, in the Matt Walsh documentary. Of course, people are dismissing that because politics. But this is a real, is a lesbian woman that went through this whole process and is speaking out about why this is such a problem. And many things that she said about the, the, the bone problems, we'll get into that. Let's get into that today and show you that they were right. The perception of success didn't just reside in medical literature. It also helped rewrite text in the mediums of psychology and sociology and cast doubt on the then common belief that masculine and feminine features are immutable characteristics coded in genes. The reality was considerably more grim. It would be 22 years later, 1997, when the world learned the truth about David Reimer's experiment and its outcome, which, by the way, you can see was something they knew even when this was being posted or, you know, the success but only way later when it was written, was acknowledged by another study did it actually come out. So you can see that all the way back then, there was still this surreptitious agenda to make this something that was a success, when in reality, even those involved knew that it wasn't. It says, however, the information came too late. 
The ideological seeds of gender ideology had been long planted, watered, and grown by academia and the media. Doctors Milton Diamond and Keith Sigmundson published a document in the Archives of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine that laid bare the, the abject failure of money's experiment. David never felt like a girl. He never accepted life as a girl. Although he eventually detransitioned, the damage was done. When asked by Diamond and Sigmund why he went along with the experiment, David answered simply that he wanted to please his parents. Sadly, in 2004, at the age of 38, David committed suicide with a single gunshot to his head in Canada. Now, the argument might be made that, well, he wasn't... Well, this is where it's so interesting, and it comes, becomes this point where they can argue anything all the time. It doesn't even... So, did he have gender dysphoria? If not, they might... Oh, well, that's why. It didn't work. He wasn't actually... Okay, but how does that fit in, then, with the idea that anybody can choose? It's just a choice. It's just a construct. I get to pick for myself. You see how this all contradicts itself, even from within the narrative? But overall, even if you think that, well, he wasn't actually the right person for it, and that's why it didn't work, then why is it still pointed at as the success, even to this day? We know today this is not an isolated incident. Many individuals have taken their own lives after attempting gender reassignment. And I'm not trying to argue that that's the majority. I don't know. But we know for sure that it is enough to make this problematic. In and of itself, even before that, it's problematic to me. The point is, knowing this consequence and seeing that it's happening, even to children, which we'll get into next, it's too much. Before soon, realizing they wanted to revert back to their biological sex, which is happening constantly right now. Transgender, and it's, it's, it's literally everywhere. You can find it all over the place, but it won't get acknowledged by the corporate discussion. Secretly, if not on the surface, going, oh, it's they're faking. It's a right-wing psyop or whatever even though that's something that's not possible in the reverse. But anyway, transgender activists often point to money's experiment with David Reimer as proof that gender ide- identity supersedes born sex. However, they fail to mention that David rejected this conditioning. He never felt female. And the trauma money inflicted on him cost David not only his life, but a potential life of opportunity. To make matters worse, not only was the godfather of the modern transgender movement a child abuser, in the sense of what you just read, but he was also, at, at the very least, a pedophile sympathizer. If experimentation on children wasn't bad enough, money had an even darker side that is little discussed in the lionizing profiles of him written by trans- in transgender lore. Money believed that pedophilia was something that if practiced, quote, properly, would suffer a child no harm. In 1991, money was quoted by the pro-pedophile magazine Pe- Pedica, having said, quote, if I were to see the case of a boy aged 10 or 11 who's intensely erotically attracted toward a man in his 20s or 30s, if the relationship is totally mutual and the bonding is genuinely totally mutual, then I would not call it pathological in any way. You can easily look this up for yourself. The link's in in the article. The point being, we're hearing this today. As much as they're trying to bury this concept, this is real and it is connected to this. That's not to say that everybody in the transgender movement does think that. Because that would be dumb, because it's not that's not the case, as far as I can tell. Bottom line is that this is the same kind of thing we're seeing pushed by a recent UN document that's saying that it's that minors can in fact consent with consensual sex with adults in, in practice, if in if not legal, but in practice, they literally are making it acceptable. We've also seen the WHO document that's normalizing sexualization of children. All these things are reasonably recent. So the point is the same thing they're trying to argue here. Well, how about we make the main point that I've always made about this, and I'll make this even further once we get to the pride parade part where the person and the, the puppy erotic, the, you know, whatever that is. 
The point that if a 10-year-old boy who has not hit puberty is somehow able to have a sexual... Com- I mean, think about this. Why are children even being introduced to the idea of their sexual identity before they are adults? Because they're being told they have to get to it now before it's too late because they won't... Well, how do they even know that if they haven't reached the point where they understand their own sexuality? Because, see, clearly there is a problem there. As much as they then continue to scream that we're not focusing on children. The ones that, when I say they, I'm talking about the surreptitious agenda behind all of this, not just trans people. Make sure you understand that. Because this will be taken out of context by anybody and everyone who is actively doing that. And there's plenty of them in anything I talk about that will go out of their way to try to make it look the way that I, it's just embarrassing. There's plenty of them. Look at my Twitter account. You'll see them all over the place. Following every tweet and saying, this guy is this and he's that with no likes or comments or engagement because they're ridiculous. But it's everywhere. There are people that have been dedicated efforts to try to misrepresent people in our field. You know that. But this is easy to look up. There is no in any way acceptable engagement in a sexual way between an adult and a child, period. There's nothing about that that makes sense. Now, quite honestly, outside of the family unit, it's borderline just having any kind of relationship with a child that is not in your family. But that does exist in in plutonic ways where people have, you know, friends of the family and so on. But my point is that's even borderline, especially today, probably just because of what we can see. The idea, though, that a child has any kind of relationship with an adult begins to be problematic for me. That doesn't mean that it's this, again, there's not places for it. But the point here is that when it becomes this, the idea that a child can somehow consent to a sexual relationship, this is a problem and that person should be considered a problem. I mean, it's just way over the top. In his quote, he references adolescent boys being able to consent to relationships with men in their 20s. That, isn't that, that's exactly what we were just talking about with the UN document. This line of thinking is often used to argue that a child can understand and consent to irreversible surgery and hormone treatment. This argument isn't steeped in any logical reasoning or scientific fact, and it largely drives what we are seeing in action today, the medicalization of children. The trouble today is that any legitimate criticism, as we all see, of this push is met with vitriol. The movement has become increasingly militarized and extremely effective at silencing critics. It's like any of the rest of these we see. It's the same tactic you see from the Zionist Israeli government. Well, they openly murder people, and if you point it out, you're somehow a racist. This is the game, right? This is the same thing you're seeing here. Not to suggest that they're necessarily connected. Who knows? But the bottom line is that this is the same tactic. It's it's outsized emotional reactions, acting like if you even poke at this, you're somehow the worst person alive. It's an emotional overlap that you miss the, the logic to it. It's as worse still as the reality that doctors and medical professionals are failing at the most basic level explaining to parents and young people the long-term consequences and effects of transgender surgeries and interventions. We're going to get into all this. Puberty blockers, for example, have been prescribed to children and teens, which is true, in the hopes of halting puberty. However, these drugs <coughs> excuse me, have not been approved by the FDA for the purpose and have been shown to result in irreversible physical changes, such as stunted puber, uh, puber, pubertal development, halted menstruation, and infertility. Now, I guarantee you there's somebody surveying just for trolling purposes that's shaking their glass. Fake news. Well, we're going to get into all of the corporate media that says the same thing, even in the pro articles, Reuters, Associated Press. But apparently those are just fake news at the moment that you don't like what they're saying. And it's apparently everything's fake news all the time if it says what you don't like. Maybe reflect on that. The bottom line is that these things have lasting problems. And we're talking about giving people these. We'll get into what the differences are. 
the puberty blockers first, then the hormones, then the surgery. Every single one of these things have potentially irreversible lasting issues. So you can't just be like, well, take it just in case, and then we'll come back and wait. No, but that's what they're doing right now. And acting like that it, all we're talking about is misrepresenting the surgery for children. No, that is also happening despite their lies, but this is also a problem. Now here, we're going to get into this specifically in a minute. Lupron, one such puberty blocker, has not been shown to be safe for children and can interfere with brain development, potentially suppressing peak IQ and future cognitive capacities. Oh, and again, the FDA approval, think about how, how insulting that is. As we just went through this huge conversation about all about why we need the process and why, you know, it's safe and effective and benefits. Either, and now we're going, well, you know, it, it's just I mean, it's just it, well, the better way to put it is to talk about things like ivermectin, things that you know, you're not allowed to prescribe it off off label <laughs> except when they want to. Right. That's this is the problem is this is being done and it's not something they've allowed for purpose for what this does. And yet it's OK, though, because political momentum. Right. Despite these risks, institutions like the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, an entire association clearly built around the idea this is something we should be doing, have claimed that the effects of these treatments are reversible. Not true. While simultaneously admitting the long-term effects can be determined when the earliest treated patients reach the appropriate age. You know what that means? We don't know yet. One thing they do know is that when you halt a child's puberty development, you are essentially freezing their sexual organ into a childlike state. Literally no one argues against that. I'll show you. It blows my mind. Now think about that in the overlap with the eugenics conversation, the idea of maybe depopulation, all these things that people argue. I'm not saying I necessarily believe every one of those. Eugenics is an obvious agenda. It's very clearly right in line with everything else that's happening. But the idea that this adds to that same thing. Weird how all these things that are happening today seem to under, like, affect you know, fertility. These treatments can lead to a disease state that is not unlike the effects of a pu- pu- uh, pituitary tumor halting normal and healthy biological development in a child. In some states, a 15-year-old girl who feels like she is in the wrong body can have her breast removed via mastectomy. Now, apparently, that seems like everywhere. Apparently, that's the one they keep saying is, yeah, that's okay. It's not. While vaginoplasty surgeries have been performed on youth as young as 16 years old. It is important to note that these are experimental procedures on vulnerable young people, and there is no reliable long-term data on their consequences. But that's not new. We just went through an experimental injection campaign with barely any re- But that's okay, though, because safe and effective. Same thing we're doing here. Just narrative, 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 mantra, mantra, and we, and yet it's hurting people right now. Vulnerable people, people that are autistic. People that are loners, people that don't fit in, and they're told, oh, it's just because you're actually trans. Oh, I didn't know. Now I feel better, and then you sh- I, we should, I, I can't get super long, the video of, of, the, of the lesbian woman speaking out about the process, or the, the one person we spoke, we read the other day, who listed off how they were manipulated into this. And the point is, there were people that were people at the bottom of the thread, straight people that were like, man, I would fall for that. Like, the way that they get you into it. And again, they being the agenda behind it. The, the, the idea that people that are, that are vulnerable, people that are in a position where they're, they're ready to accept something, the kind of people that would fall into a cult, right? They get, they, they, they're told that this is the right thing to do. And then they go, we'll just get you on some puberty blockers just in the meantime. That's actually what's happening in some cases. And then 
Then they every moment they do, they, get, they go forward, they get another mark, and they get, feel like they're growing, they're changing, they're able to alter their body in ways that makes them feel better in the moment because, well, I'm creating a new person. It's like making an avatar, a new video game. It, we've, this is, it's what people are talking about. The ones that tell you what they went through and now they regret it. That's how they felt. Thousands of case reports by individuals who realized the hormone therapy or surgery was a mistake have surfaced. Many have indicated that improper mental health support and a lack of informed consent landed them where they are. In short, doctors and physicians failed in one of their most basic duties. Do no harm. Now we're going to get into some of the mainstream doctors, even within the pro-transgender movement, that are telling you right now. Well, in Associated Press, Reuters, they're saying there's a problem. Even as they say, yes, we should still allow this, they're also speaking up and saying there's a problem in this movement right now. And I don't mean movement as in the trend, I mean the, the doctors. That they're speaking up from within, going, we are not careful with this. We're giving this to anybody. I'll get to it in a minute. And yet, we're the crazy ones for pointing out the reality. Uh, the reality is that gender conversation is a big business. And getting children into doors of, into the doors of gender clinics creates a lifelong big pharma customer. Easy to prove. Great article. There's more in there you should read, by the way. Josh Walco's doing a good job. One other point before we jump into this next article is I, I point this out on January 14th. And of course, this person since then censored this tweet. And that, actually, by the way, that was the tweet I was, I was trying to show you over here. This, that's this one that I'm unable to look at now because it won't come up even on the way back machine, which is very, very telling. But it says, I said, so apparently kids can consent. That's what this, this was saying to the COVID jab against their parents' wishes in many cases. So we are told, yet not able to say no, which is what it was. Basically, literally saying this, this basically the outline is, well, if they're, if they're 14 or whatever the age was and they, and they have the, we, we feel like they understand, they can get it. However, they're not able to say no to them in a situation where the parent, where it's, be, so the point is you get them in all, in all angles, right? Where in their situation where they're being given it and they're young, they can't say no. But if they decide they want it and their parents say no, they can still get it. Yeah, realize how just dark that is. Like this is straight up manipulation. How exactly does that work? If they're able to consent, they're able to remove that consent. As I said, that's medical rape. That's what it is. Then I followed up with this. That's why it's relevant today. This is the telegraph, and this is just the same point. Children as young as four will be able to change their name and gender at school without their parents' consent under the new LGBT inclusive guidelines drawn up by the Scottish government. Oh, didn't you know the telegraph is a bigoted racist platform because they only put LGBT? Disgusting. That, that kind of stuff actually happens right now, where the movement consumes itself. It's happening everywhere. You didn't do it exactly the way that blah, blah, blah. The point is you're literally telling children they can make these choices quietly with, with the establishment and not even have to tell your parents. That, doesn't that start to feel like a, some weird pedophilic thing? Not because of the LGBTQ concept, but the idea that you've got some entity going, shh, it's okay. We can talk about your gender. We don't have to tell your parents. That's creepy, man. I don't care how you spin that. They don't have the right to do this. And, and again, guys, if you're talking about their sexual identity with four-year-olds, explain for me why that makes sense. Now, again, I'm not talking about like sexual education in a group context in a school. I'm talking about these one-on-one -on -one conversations with teachers where they're talking to them about their sexual identity. There's, it's just, there's no way around that. That's wrong. So let's get into the surgery part of this because that's what's happening is these kids are being 
just told about that you can choose. It's okay. It's just it's it's just normal today. No one understands. You know, it's it's the reality that we're finally understanding about the way the world works. And fine, so they wake up and they go, "I'm going to be a girl." Now realize there are even people in this movement that say they can go back and forth. I'm a girl today. I'm a boy tomorrow. So how do you make sense of this in the concept that you're, then you're talking about irreversible changes if they decide to do as much? You, it's beyond question. There are people, you can decide to what degree, children, who are taking these steps when they're just lonely, vulnerable, or just want to change, or think it's cool because they've been taught that. And then they wake up when they're 22 and they're unhappy. Then they kill themselves when they're 38. We just saw an example. That's the earliest example. It does happen. So here's the economist. Oh, you know what I just realized? Shoot. This is one that I didn't end up going through. Dang it. Well, anyway, it's, well, I did a lot of the other ones. I'll come back to this one. It's, it's, this is The Economist. Let me do this really quickly while this is loading. Or while we can read the first part of this. Let me just grab and see if it pops up in the archive. By the way, if you guys don't know, that's the best way to get around these paywalls. Yep, there we go. Perfect. Let's use that one instead. The evidence to support medicalized gender transitions in adolescence is worryingly weak, says the economist. Says the bigoted, racist, anti-trans economist, right? That's what happens. Because facts, you know. The effectiveness and side effects of most common treatments are not well understood. How in the world do you explain that that makes sense? So at the very least, wouldn't you flush this out and then tell them everyone can do it because you're all gender, it's all fluid? No, let's rush into it because that's the case, or they say so, with things we've barely tested. It doesn't even matter what the context is. Saying that you should go in using things that are not tested well and could be dangerous is just crazy. Whether it's COVID-19, whether it's climate change, whether it's transgender, it doesn't matter. It's the same ridiculous concept, and yet it seems to be happening everywhere. Very dangerous things for your safety. It's all because we need to get done before you realize you're a woman 20 years from now. We need to get it done now. So dangerous things for your betterment, safety, however you want to frame it. Same point. Yeah, I don't want to just read through this while it's a lot in here. So I'm going to come back to this, but I'll include it so you guys can read it. I planned on it, but same point through all the rest we go through. The main point was simply this too. that You're hearing this in corporate media conversations. What they're doing is flimsy at best, and yet everybody in government, seemingly everybody, is pushing this down your throat. Well, I mean, obviously, like, there's plenty of Republicans that aren't, but the, the same point here is that I personally feel there's a lot of manipulation behind the scenes around this, but obviously it's undeniable that this at the moment is predominantly on the left. That's not up for debate. Here's somebody that steps up and says the opposite of the truth. Transgender-related surgeries on minors are so goddamn rare in this country. Statistically insignificant. Well, I would argue that they're not as, as they're not everywhere. But I'll literally prove to you that that's not true. Pretty much every major hospital will refuse to perform them on a minor. Nope, not true. There's no epidemic of little bubbas cutting off their nuts. Seriously, shut the F up. Okay. Of course, because the only point is the concern that they're, that they're surgically altering themselves, right? Well, how about the fact that it's happening in some cases, for sure, does that not bother you? Apparently not. As long as it's not happening a lot, then it's okay. Why is that okay? It's okay then to, to, genital, genital mutil, to mutilate the genitals of children because it's not happening a lot? Pretty weak argument, man. But the overall point is that so too are the other things they're doing in the meantime 
hurting these children. Here's the Reuters. Reuters investigates youth in transition. This is from 2022. Putting numbers on the rise in children seeking gender care. First of all, the interesting point to how rapidly this exploded. Now, of course, on one side, you're going to say that's because they finally feel okay to be to, to say what they want. Well, maybe. Or it's not hard to realize that it, it, at least in some part, if not entirely, because they have been told this is what they can do when they're children. And suddenly it becomes so cool. All my cartoons are saying this is how mo- this, I only feel safe when I'm around non-binary people. That was the new trans, transgender uh, transformer one. Right. So what do you think that tells a kid? Oh, I only want to be around trans by, by non-binary people. That makes me feel safe. Like that's disgusting. That's broken. You're telling them that if your parents aren't that way, you don't feel safe around your parents? I only feel safe around non-binary people. That's what it said. That's not just one show, guys. That's everywhere. So the point is, from 2017 to 2021, it, it more than doubled. It almost tripled. How do you explain that? Even the numbers that they're telling us, based on everything they're researching, is that's dramatically over the actual number. I mean, look, it's, it's just, it's everywhere. These medical treatments don't begin until the onset of puberty, typically around age 10 or 11. Right, so what they're telling you is clearly people under 18 are 100%, which nobody's really denying, but just making sure it's clear, getting treatment. What's weird is they kind of just broadly say these medical treatments, which in this discussion includes puberty blockers, hormone treatments, and surgery. But it says they don't begin until the onset of puberty, which is the earliest one, which would be puberty blockers, age 10 or 11. Okay, well then explain for me why the very next graphic talking about puberty blockers says patients 6 to 17. 6 to 17. So this is the point. You are giving kids this, and this is what they're even arguing, long before they're in any, even remotely, they don't understand their sexual identity because they haven't gone through puberty yet. To argue that they know that is a problem. Now look, you could argue that there are people that maybe know they're gay, when they're kids, but realize that even then you often find out they grow up and it's not exactly as clear as that. I know people like that. I grew up with people like that who were basically gay in high school that aren't anymore. Now you can argue plenty of things around that, but it all comes down to personal subjective opinion. You're like, well, that's probably because of this. Well, that's what you want to think, right? The point is that it doesn't always equal what you think it does. And children are treated as such. That's why we don't let them smoke, drive a car, join the military. But these ones make sense though. Six to 17. The U.S. FDA has approved the drug, or these drugs in general, to treat prostate cancer and other treatments. Not gender dysphoria, which again, even this article is making the argument that all we're talking about is an actual disorder. If you look, if you talk to the trans community and tell you to say that all of you have a disorder, they'll attack you. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. Not, uh, I'm talking about, again, when I say the movement, I'm talking about the problematic entities within this particularly those deriving the agenda that are manipulating some of the people out there that just want equality or want that to be, you know, be discussed, whatever. But the idea is that you tell them that most of them will tell you you're a bigot, that you're just, this is God made me this way. Well, no, not really because you change yourself. I don't know how that makes sense at all, but it says they're off label use in gender affirming care while legal lacks the support of clinical trials to establish their safety for such treatment. What's interesting is, you know, what's also legal doctors prescribing off, labeled treatments of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or any number of things the the corporate out the mainstream uh, 
community flipped out about during COVID-19, which makes them disgusting, ridiculous, cartoonish hypocrites, as they always are. You don't just get to play it both ways, but they always seem to do that. It says the off-label use and gender-affirming care on the same point while legal. I mean, I, again, if, if one's a problem, then another's a problem. Over the last five years, and again, I can get into the ivermectin conversation about how wildly safe and effective that actually is. Over the last five years, there were at least 4,780 adolescents who started on puberty blockers. Just the last, over the last five years, almost 5,000 minors who've been put on puberty blockers, and we're going to get into it more about what that will actually or can actually do. This tally and others in, in the Komodo analysis, which is in, about based on insurance, are likely an undercount, they're telling us. Why? Because they didn't include treatments that weren't covered by insurance. Well, my God, think about how many that actually is then. And we're limited to pediatric patients that were specifically diagnosed with gender dysphoria, which, by the way, is a growing absent thing. Because they're telling everybody now that it's not about disorders. You can just choose. So now the problem becomes that how they're not even keeping track of this if it's not first diagnosed as gender dysphoria. That's what they're saying. Practitioners may not even log it without prescribing that treat, without saying they first have dysphoria. Okay, well, now you see a loophole, don't you? Our way around having this tracked, tracked in mind and, you know, diet where we can look at the information. It says the medications are administered as injections typically of a few months, or through an implant under the skin. I thought that was interesting. One of the obvious conversations we're not going to get into today is one of the reasons behind this push. And, you know, we talked about the transhumanist movement and how this seems to be like a stepping stone into that. Either way, the point is the implants is an interesting discussion, but you leave that for another day. At least 14,726 minors under 18 started hormone treatments, not, not puberty blockers. That's one thing. That just simply stops... Your, you know, it pauses, stops your puberty development. They argue that they just, it goes right back to normal. No, it doesn't. We'll get into that in a minute. But then you've got people, they get, they're supposed to get hormone treatments. We're told that's not supposed to happen until after 18. But it says they started hormone treatments with prior gender dysphoria diagnosis from 2017 to 2021. Almost 15,000 minors. Again, though, only those with a diagnosis. It's probably way more than that. And even the article even says that it's, it's likely an undercount in every one of these categories. Hormone treatments may leave the adolescent infertile. This is Reuters and their investigation of this topic. Hormone treatments may leave them infertile, especially if the child also took the puberty blockers first, which is what almost all of them are being told to do. That and other potential side effects are not well studied. It's amazing that that can be stated in Reuters. And yet we're still somehow bigots, racist for pointing this stuff out. That's wild. Yeah, you're telling me you're giving kids in exact succession to two things that could potentially make them infertile for the rest of their lives. And that apparently is okay. Let's move forward. I mean, it's, it's just mind-blowing. It's as stupid as the, the East Palestine conversation. We live, we're living in a time where this stuff is, I mean, it's almost like this is the big test. Can we show them the reality and just lie about it and see if they do nothing? Maybe. Some children's hospitals and gender clinics, and by the way, I'm never advocating violence, period, ever, ever. Some children's hospitals and gender clinics don't offer surgery to minors. Some. Procedures that are irreversible and carry a heightened risk of complications. Why is this even up for debate? It says, the Komodo analysis of insurance claims found 56 genital surgeries 
among patients ages 13 to 17 with a prior gender dysphoria diagnosis from 2019 to 2021. So again, it's as they tell you, it's undercount because it's only those with that diagnosis. But even then, 56. Now, yes, we're talking about a, a three-year period, but we're seeing this explode. But this is my point, guys. And we know it's an undercount. One is too many. Genital surgeries on minors at a point when they're trying to hide this from your parents. This is bad. Even if you think that they are trans and have gender dysphoria, and they're good, the point is that they should wait until they are adults to make these choices. And the fact that you have a government agenda and societies and communities that have weird tangential connections that are pushing this on children more than anybody, it feels very, very wrong. Among teens, top surgery, which they pretend is not the same as the, you know, it's the one they're allowing, is just removing the breasts. And it's more common, apparently. In the three years ending in 2021, at least 776 were performed in the United States alone on patients to 13 to 17 years old. And again, only with that diagnosis, according to the analysis of insurance claims. Then they add, this tally does not even include procedures that were paid for out of pocket. My God. So it's guaranteed to be way bigger than that for two different reasons. And the, the, one of the main points is you really, do, doing the, uh, the mastectomies, you have these leading people in the surgic, surgical field saying, don't worry, you can just come back in and get them put back on. You can't, though. Yeah, you can put some lump of flush on your body, but it's not the same thing. It doesn't have the same ability to do what you talked about. You've ruined your ability to, you know, even the producing of milk. I've shown you that that was one of the earliest things I talked about in this. It's, it's really uncomfortable to see. There are people that are giving surgeries to be able to produce some kind of disgusting white discharge that's not milk, has no medical or nutritional value. In fact, they argue it's probably not good for you, but they're giving it to their babies so they can feel like a woman. And yet then having to feed it again anyway. So how is that even healthy for them? So they're, you're loading them up with things they don't need, then jamming. It's, just, it's wrong, man. This is anti-human. Again, to be clear, as always, it's not about people that feel this way or want to act a certain way or live their lives the way they want to. It's the, it's the surgical changes, especially of children, that are a problem. For the analysis of pediatric patients initiating puberty blockers or hormones, the, and again, the Komodo, so it's this insurance, doesn't count out of pocket, doesn't count people that weren't diagnosed with joint dysphoria. They searched for this. The patients with a diagnosis of central precocious puberty were removed. So there's another category we didn't include. A total of 17,683 patients from ages 6 to 17 with a prior gender dysphoria diagnosis initiated either puberty blockers or hormones or both in a five-year period many of which we just heard from Reuters itself, can believe the being the infertile. Of these, 4,780 were puberty blockers. 14,726 were hormone treatments. My God. There's something wrong with this. At its core value. Now, here's something I want you to think about. Just for sake of conversation, what happens if a schizophrenic decides that they're trans? Honest question. So the person, a person is, or any other mental illness where we know that they believe things that aren't true. I'm not suggesting that's everybody. I'm just saying a simple conversation. If somebody who is schizophrenic, who just wakes up one day and says, mom, I'm a trans person. What do you do? Do you, do you go, well, maybe not because you're schizophrenic. 
Not today. That's not even allowable. If you if you even push back on it, you're a problem in this in the field. But see, this is my point. That's just one obvious example where it's possible that they're just wrong. Maybe they're just they're, maybe they're just schizophrenic. Not I'm not saying everybody who's trans. I'm saying people who are schizophrenic who suddenly go, I'm trans. Maybe it's just because of schizophrenic. But the point is, you're not even allowed to ask that today. You have to assume. But I'm, it's just one example. There's a lot of those out there where there's a whole room of maybe they're just wrong. Maybe they're just caught up in all the momentum. Okay, well, how about this? What happens when a person is an undiagnosed schizophrenic, which they do exist out there, and then they decide they're trans? What happens then? Obviously, you know the point. that, Of course, the way it's going now, you're, they, they're trans because the community says so. So my point is, I can almost promise you that there's a level, you can decide what it is, of people in this community who are not what they're saying, gender dysphoria, or whatever. They are just people that have actual mental problems. Or vulnerable people that got tricked. We know that's part of it. I'm not suggesting I know that's even the majority or even a lot. I do know it is some. And that's enough. It's a problem. Now let's get into some of the more disconcerting parts of this. The reality of what's really going on in these surgeries. Here, as Andy No points out, is a gender theory ideologue's credential to perform surgeries is a horror plot. Oregon's governor is likely to sign into law a bill that allows for minors as young as 15, to get sterilizing procedures, bottom surgery, not the top, without parental knowledge. Okay, so here we can go back to this ridiculous person who's screaming that you guys don't know, this doesn't happen anywhere, and you know that there are quite literally bills that are in the process of being passed where they're saying, yes, we can, two 15-year-olds, without the parent's knowledge. So these people either don't know what they're talking about, or they don't care. Either way, very dangerous thing to push without knowledge or you're a terrible person. Let's listen to what this person has to say. I'm Blair Peters. I use he, they pronouns. I'm a plastic and reconstructive surgeon at OHSU, and I specialize in gender-affirming and peripheral nerve surgery. I describe gender-affirming surgery as using surgery to help someone physically actualize their internal sense of self. So I view surgery as changing something that makes someone feel dysphoric to make them feel euphoric and better and more comfortable in their own body. You know, when someone sees their vulva for the first time and you can see that you've just lifted this huge burden off of them completely. Or, you know, I have an adolescent patient that hasn't been going to school for months and is completely socially isolated and is having just like an extremely difficult time and they come back to clinic two months after top surgery and they're like this exuberant teenager in school, you know, planning the rest of their life, thriving all of a sudden. And there are so few things that you can do in medicine and in surgery where a few hours in the operating room can completely transform somebody. And that's a pretty amazing way to spend your life. Um, especially as a queer person and a gender diverse person that um, gets it in some ways, not all, but in some, um, and to be able to sort of bond with my patients in that way and share that space is really amazing. I couldn't imagine feeling more fulfilled. Hmm. Now, this, this comment is probably going to irritate some people, but just to being objective, right? We don't know whether this person is malicious or whether this person just believes they're helping people. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter to me at the end of the day, in this moment, but that's something to consider, right? Before we just immediately jump to the conclusion that everybody doing this is all out to get everybody, 
and that's it's an important distinction to realize who's really at fault behind all of this. But nonetheless, we have to realize this is a problem. What they're doing, he, he made it very clear, minors. He's talking about minors in some cases. That's a problem, isn't it? No matter how you look at this. And what's crazy about it is, is it not just him putting his perception on them? Right? I mean, do you know how many of those kids woke up when they were 22 and realized they made a mistake? Does he even care? Does, that, is, that, is there 22-year, is there 10-year follow-up? Probably not. So is it just excitement about doing something different or because you've been trained your entire life that this is something you can do and then you finally get through all of the process and you get paraded by everybody? Oh my God, you're so brave and it's so stuff. Everybody's telling you great. And yeah, it feels good no matter what you're doing. And then that fades away and you're left with your choices and maybe you're sterile and maybe you can't have a, a baby. I mean, it's a, this is what happens in some cases. It's not up for debate. And that's what's so concerning is that they pretend that's a debatable thing. We have provable cases. I don't care if it's just one. It is possible. And that's all. That's the point. Well, as they're telling you it's not true, here's another study, another article from the New York Times, 2022. More teens, more trans teens are choosing top surgery. So let's just be clear. The idea that these aren't some states oppose such procedures for minors. Like that's that subheadline. Not that it's rare, but that there are some of the states that don't let minors do it. The point is, it's happening all across the country, despite the screaming, screeching of people that don't know what they're talking about. You have minors that have been from six years old or even earlier are going through puberty blockers and then taking hormone treatments, which can make them sterile, and then taking surgical changes in their bodies before they're even aware of who they are as an adult. What medical treatments do transgender youth get? Oh, that's weird. Huh. wonder why that happened. I guess this is one of those pages that refreshes. Let's see if I can get it back. Yep, there we go. As much as I love this new highlighter for, for this, <laughs> I don't even want to get into how I'm like pulling my hair out with this thing because it takes so long to go through this. Anyway, April 22nd, 2022. Transgender medical treatment for children and teens is increasingly under attack. That's how they're framing this. By many states labeled child abuse and subject to criminalizing bans. So what we just discussed, including surgery, is under attack by those that are, I mean, think about how, what a crazy framing that is. This is even, even with, it's a new thing for the most part. Like with the momentum of it. And yet we're now turning this around to be like it's we're being persecuted. Like this is the argument that trans kids are being killed. That's not what's happening here. That's a that's a, a contortion of the way you perceive it. You're telling us because they don't allow them to change themselves then that somehow you're killing these people's identity. Like that's crazy. And that's what we're seeing. Trans rights are human rights. It's like, what does that even mean? You have human rights too. Nothing has changed. And this idea that somehow these things are rights. It's the same, it's, it's all, you're altering the reality to suit your own personal gain, your own personal agenda. They say, but it's been available in the United States for more than a decade and is endorsed by medical, ma major medical associations. Yeah, you mean all the ones that will point out have a vested interest in pushing this? Like the ones we just talked about? They built themselves around the idea of trans identity, but we're supposed to pretend they're going to point out that it's a problem? Just by saying medical, may, that could mean any number of things. The point is, even if we do have people like the CDC and whoever else, it does, do we think that matters with what we know today about the COVID-19 conversation and how many ways we've seen them lie for the state? After puberty blockers, 
many transgender patients take the hormones for life. Though some changes persist if medication is stopped. Exactly. This is the whole point. They're, they are big pharma, and we've just talked about that. You're looking at millions of dollars per individual for a lifetime treatment. That is a racket. Surgery. Gender-altering surgery in teens is less common than hormone treatment, but many centers hesitate to give exact numbers. Now explain that sentence for me. Why exactly would they hesitate to give numbers unless they felt they were doing something wrong? Sure, you can argue, though, they'll, they'll get persecuted for it. Well, it's the same point. If you were sound about this and you felt the science back to you and you felt you had every right, why would you keep it secret? Sort of like the way you hide the data around the injection. It's because you're crazy. No, no, it's because you realize there's a problem. That's what's really going on. Guidelines say such surgery generally should be reserved for those age 18 or older, which, by the way, it doesn't. I'll show you that next. They already changed that last year. The World Professional Association for transgender health, says breast removal surgery is okay for those under 18. Well, who decides that? And why is this entity, who's clearly built around the idea of transgenderism, decide what's right and what's wrong? And they say it's okay for those, as long as they've been on testosterone for at least a year. So clearly motivating the earlier use of both blockers and and hormones. The endocrine society says there isn't enough evidence to recommend a specific age limit. Are you serious? So we we have barely any evidence to recommend this in general, but now we say we don't have enough evidence to limit the children from getting it. Clearly, they have an agenda here. Studies have found some children children and teens resort to self-mutilation to try to change their anatomy. Here's a question. How often did that happen before this big push? How often did you see that in 2015, 2010, 2000 in general? Weird how it only exploded after you told them all this was what they were supposed to be. Isn't that funny how that works? Well, here's the next part from Associated Press. 2022 from June. Trans kids treatment can start younger. New guidelines say. The new guidelines they're misrepresenting over here, seeing as how this was, oh, it was a little bit after. Same point, though, because this, this was after the fact. It says, a leading transgender health association has lowered its recommendation, minimum age, for starting gender transition treatment, including sex hormones and even surgeries. It's funny how we're just lying about everything in the corporate media. The World Professional Association for Transgender Health, same group, some people are the only one they point at. Because, I mean, th- I keep saying it, but think about this. A group that's literally, get, they built themselves around transgender health. Well, if they came out tomorrow and said, this is hurting everybody no matter what, and we're closing down. <laughs> exactly. And said, they said hormones could start as young as 14 years old, two years earlier than their previous advice creeping the other direction and some surgeries 15 17 a year or so earlier than before the group acknowledged potential risks but said it's unethical and even harmful to withhold the treatment you're starting to see the trappings of the COVID-19 tactics right no there's plenty of risks but the unknown risks or however you want to frame that. Like the idea that somehow it's harmful to not give it to them because of, because of the unknown, because of what they might be. Like this, it's just, it's broken. And what really kills me is how there's so many people that will not speak up. Look, just like in the beginning of COVID-19, when there was a lot of people that knew better that kept their mouths shut because of their career, because they were cowards, or because they didn't, they didn't want to wade into it until it was safe. That's happening right here. This is as obvious as it gets. It's like the rest of it. There's a problem here. And if people aren't speaking up, 
for, the, for worry they'll get canceled or for whatever else, then they're cowards and they don't deserve your attention. Many experts say more kids are seeking such treatments because gender-questioning children are more aware of their medical options and facing less stigma. Well, is that the case? Experts? Which expert? experts? Are they the experts from the, uh, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health? Yeah, probably, as I mumble that. <laughs> the point is, the experts are the ones that they think are experts, which probably align with their ideology. But either way, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure that's in some cases. It's weird how they omit the part that is also just as likely. They're, they're doing it because they think that they can or because they've been engineered or, or trained or, or conditioned to think that it's completely normal when it's not. When some of these kids are just people that just feel like they want something different. Critics, including some of the, um, from within, this is where it gets important, the transgender treatment community, say that some clinics are too quick to offer irreversible treatment. That sentence right there should end this conversation. What do you mean you're too quick to give irreversible treatments to kids? How is that even a possible sentence we're saying in 2023? Critics from within this movement, and I'll tell you, the doctors at these clinics are openly speaking up and saying we are too quick to give irreversible treatment to kids who would otherwise outgrow their gender questioning. My God, these are the people in the community justifying transgender treatments who are standing up and saying, one, that there are kids who just go through questioning but don't actually end up being trans. There you go. But on top of that, that they're too quick to push irreversible treatments based on the propagandized conversation. Kills me. It it just makes me sad. Psychologist Erica Anderson resigned her post. Somebody resigned, just like the FDA conversation. We need to see this for what it is when this happens. She resigned from her post as a board member of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Look at that. Last year, after voicing concerns about, quote, sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling. Wow. I bet you they call her an anti-trans bigot for saying that. She is still in a group member and supports the updated guidelines, which emphasize comprehensive assessments before treatment. So the point is she still argues that kids should be able to go through this process, or rather just that, well, even, even kids, but or arguably that they should be given more treatment. I disagree with that still. But the point is these people are on their side. Is how you should, uh, they, That's how you should look at this. They're still justifying the treatments. They're still saying can even have for kids, but they're also telling you that the people they're working with are being sloppy and giving this to people that don't need it. That's just wild. This is Associated Press. Are you telling me that the corporate media elsewhere doesn't see this? Are you telling me that the other media com- uh, p- personalities out there don't see this? And it's not just because Associated Press said it makes it true. It is true. And we've proven that elsewhere. She is still a group member that goes on to say, they tell me horror stories. They tell me our child had 20 minutes with the doctor before he was offered hormones. The parents leave with their hair on fire. Well, yeah, 20 minutes and you're going to take hormones and we'll figure it out later. Just wait, we're going to get into it. That is not something that is a haphazard. That is a potentially life-threatening, life-altering, permanent problem. All of those are true. Estimates on the number of transgender youth and adults worldwide vary partly because of different definitions, which even that alone should tell us something. If we haven't even decided on the definition, how are we giving children irreversible treatments for it? The association's new guidelines say data 
from mostly Western countries suggest a range of between a fraction of a percent in adults and up to 8% in kids. Now make sense of that for me. They're the ones telling us that you grow up and realize that you're trans. But now it's too late because I don't blah, 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 blah. That's the argument. We got to give them the puberty blockers now so they can be what they want to be once they realize when they grow. Okay, so explain for me how it's possible that these same groups are telling us that it's a fraction of a percent in adults, but somehow is 8% in kids. Shouldn't that be the same number at the very least based on their arguments? What this does show me is even more of a disconcerting focus on children. Anderson said she's heard recent estimates suggesting the rate in kids is as high as one in five. Which, of course, she strongly disputes the person working with this group. That number likely reflects, she argues, gender questioning kids who aren't good candidates for lifelong medical treatment or permanent physical changes. So the doctor at the clinic tells us that we're being misled by political and, you know, just agendas. By people who are simply questioning their gender as many, I would argue, most people do in their lives. And too late, you already had surgery and hormones and now you can't even go back and you were just going through the normal process of growing up. Yes, that's happening. Dr. Marcy Bowers, the transgender health group's president-elect, has also raised concerns about hasty treatment. I, it's just same point. Yeah, it says that. We're reading the podcast. This is right on the corporate media. The doctor, the, the president-elect of the group itself is saying we are hastily treating kids with irreversible treatments. But let's keep going. Dr. Julia Mason, an organ pediatrician who has raised concerns about the increasing numbers of youngsters who are getting transgender treatment, said too many in the field are jumping the gun. It's a third doctor. She argues there isn't strong evidence in favor of transgender medical treatment for kids. She's right, the doctor says. Do you realize there's far more evidence in this article that's supposed to be pro the idea about why it's not supposed to happen to kids than anything else? In medicine, she goes on, the treatment has to be proven safe and effective before we can start recommending it. Or so we're told. We saw that lie through COVID-19. The point is, they just tell you it's safe and effective, which is what's happening right now with these drugs, despite what these doctors that work with the group are telling you. Hasn't been proven safe and effective. There isn't strong evidence in favor of this treatment for kids. Experts say the most rigorous research, studies comparing treatment kid, treated kids with outcomes in untreated kids, would be unethical, apparently, and psychologically harmful to the untreated kids. Of course, you know, the same experts that work with this group, of course. You know how dumb that is? You know what? That's the same as saying we can't compare vaxxed to unvaxxed because fill in the blank. You know why? Because it shows you the reality. It shows you what's actually going on. And just like James Lyons-Weiler has done an excellent breakdown from, with the IPAC group of showing you vaxxed versus unvaxxed. It's all done. It's undeniable. They have exponentially more well visits to the hospital within the first three years of life, blowing up with earaches and rashes as the kids unvaxxed entirely. Not even close. You know why it's not regarded as something that matters? Because they don't want to look at it because it didn't go through their proper channels. Still peer-reviewed. Doesn't matter to them. The new guidelines include starting medication called puberty blockers in the early stages of puberty. 8 to 13 years old. The blockers can weaken bones, exactly like I'm telling you, 
like, like the, the lesbian woman who spoke out with Matt Walsh was telling us, and started them too young in children, assigned males at birth might impair sexual function in adulthood. Both Reuters and AP made that very clear. Although, long-term evidence is lacking. So we don't have long-term evidence. It may sterilize you. It may impair sexual function in general. And it may weaken your bones. That's assuming it doesn't kill you. Because that's possible too. We've already gone over this. The update also recommends... Now, but just to be clear, that's not something that's like highly relevant. Like the idea that people could end up having a, a life-altering reaction to this is possible. But the real concern is the idea of what we're talking about right here. The lack of long-term evidence, the real immediate risks, bones. With the, the, we'll get another one that says the same point. Oh, actually, I think it's right here. The, the update includes this. The update for why this should be given to kids actually states sex hormones, estrogen or testosterone starting at age 14. This is often lifelong treatment. Mm-hmm. Long-term risks may include infertility, weight gain, along with strokes in trans women and high blood pressure in trans men, the guidelines say, while telling you this should happen. Explain for me why it makes sense to give somebody a treatment that may cause infertility to appease their personal choice. Of course, it's not how they see it. Why is that the choice for anybody? Because they've been conditioned to think this is the right thing to do. And they're willing to exchange their fertility for it. Or maybe have strokes. You know, totally not life-threatening, obviously, with strokes. That's just, that's not even the main point. Breast removal. 15. Previous guidance suggested this could be done at least a year after hormones. Most genital surgeries, starting at age 17. So there's your argument right out of the gate, by the way. There are a lot, we're being lied to. You have minors who are being given the most... The, the most extensive surgeries, including womb and testicle removal, one a year earlier than they said you could before. Who makes that decision? Why are they deciding that minors are allowed to make this happen without parental consent? That's, that is happening. We just made that clear. Not all of them. Some of these are saying you have to have a parent present. But realize there's a lot of parents that are now, a lot of this is continual. You have parents that are both trans, that have kids, they grow up and they, and they they're, yeah, do it. Right, that's, Because they feel that's an acceptable thing. The problem is that these kids might not be, they might grow up and it might be, it might be something that they regret. And they think it's normal because they grew up with two trans parents. Dr. Joe Frater, a Northwestern University and pediatrician and medical ethicist who advises a, tra- a gender treatment program at Chicago's Lurie Children's Hospital, said guidelines should rely on psychological readiness, not age. This is a pediatrician telling us things that are not well-tested, that can cause infertility, cause strokes, and all, and I mean, that's, that's just the puberty blockers. All right, that was the specifically the sex hormones. The puberty blockers can leave you with, also infertile with your, your sexual organs kind of locked in a childhood, and there's lots of other issues there as well that we'll get into one next. But the point is, that's a pediatrician telling you that that's okay, though. Right? As long as the kid seems like he understands the choice, then I guess that's okay. That person should not be a doctor. Frater said brain science shows that kids are able to make logical decisions by age 14, but they're prone to risk-taking and they take into account long-term consequences of their actions only when they're much older. That's the same person. So this person says, yeah, when they're 14, that's okay. But we also know that they don't usually consider long-term consequences. Explain that for me. Make sense of that. 
So you're okay saying we can, it's okay if they're not even 14, as long as we think they're okay. But we also know, regardless of how much they seem to understand in the moment, that they don't take into account their long-term, what are we talking about here? Like, I feel like we're being made fun of. This is in, it's, that is not logical. Now, this is just literally looking it up directly from the, you know, the brave surge. Puberty blockers, health risks. This is just puberty blockers, right? We're talking about the very first part. They're giving it to six, seven, eight-year-olds to pause their puberty, which is not really what it does, which is not even tested for that. There's no long-term studies in, 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 you know, in hope that they can just wake up and change their mind one day or they can you know, make sure they hold it off until they know what they want. I mean, that's, it's, it's lunacy. Puberty blockers are medications that block the hormones, testosterone, and estrogen, which cause changes in the body, such as period, you know, the normal stuff we know of. However, they do not permanently stop the body's production of these hormones. Okay, well, first of all, so that doesn't even actually do what they say it does. Short-term side effects of puberty blockers, short-term, include stuff you might expect from all the drugs they tell you are safe, which is ridiculous. Headaches, fatigue, insomnia, muscle aches, changes in breast tissue, mood and weight, and blah, 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 which, by the way, is too much. In any case, but adverse effects on bone mineralization and compromised fertility. So, yeah, that too. So now you're taking something at five, six, seven, eight that does compromise your your ability to have children. It has effects on your bone mineralization. Then you may go on to take hormone treatments that will do the same thing in regard to fertility and all the rest of the problems we've talked about. Every step of the way, you're it's a, you are just another etch on the big pharma sheet. At the end of the day, though, you are hurting yourself in a lot of ways, and many of these kids wake up and realize they made a bad choice. No going back from that. It says the potential risk of pubertal suppression and gender dysphoric youth treated with this GNRH agonists, and again, Lupron, used to halt puberty in children may cause lasting health problems, including brittle bones and faulty joints. My God. When transgender kids transition, medical risks are both known, including acne and changes in mood, and and patients are warned that they may be at higher risk for heart disease, diabetes later in life. I mean, this is just riddled with problems. This is just asinine. Like, why if this makes sense to anybody, even if you think you need to change to be what you want to be? Why do you accept that for everything we're talking about here? Stat News points out the drug used to halt puberty in children may cause lasting health problems. This is 2017. For years, Sharissa Dercott, 30 years old, had no idea why her body seemed to be failing. At 21 years old, a surgeon replaced her deteriorated jaw joint. She's been diagnosed with degenerative disc disease and fibromyalgia, a chronic pain condition. Her teeth are shedding enamel and cracking. None of it made sense to her until she discovered a community of women online, women online, who describe similar symptoms. And they all have one thing in common. All that they'd all taken a drug called Lupron. We're not even talking about transgender stuff at the moment. The point is, that's the same drug they're giving these kids. Kids, children, five, six, seven, eight years old. Thousands of parents chose to inject their daughters with the drug, which was approved to shut down puberty in young girls. Not in the context, context of transgender, but for different uses. There's a specific issue that this was a, like a, a unique uh, issue. I think it's a genetic thing that it was applied to. It says it in the article. I just don't want to get into it. But the point is there was a thing they had. They proved it for in these rare cases where they had some kind of a weird deficiency or something. And they gave it to them. It says more than 10,000 adverse event reports filed 
or you know, maybe I'm forgetting if that's the other one. Anyway, it just says they'll or help them grow taller. Maybe that was the other one. In any case, the point is that it's not approved for the uses they're now using it for. More than 10,000 adverse event reports filed with the FDA reflect the experiences of women who've taken Lupron. Sounds very familiar, right? It's like Vayers or something where they just go, they just ignore it and keep giving it. The reports describe everything from brittle bones to faulty joints. Oh, what a coincidence. So they've known this since 2017. Let's not forget, by the way, the explosion. Was it this one? Where was that article? I was looking for that graph. Where was that? This one? Yeah, right here. Look at the breakouts. 2017 is kind of where this started to explode. And now it's tripled since 2017. Interesting, interesting date, right? That's the date when, when this was when this was you know being posted, basically. So going forward, it says women who used Lupron a decade or more ago to delay puberty or grow taller describe the short-term excuse me side effects listed on the pediatric label: normal pain, pain injection site, mood swings, headaches. But they also describe conditions that usually affect people much later in life. A 20-year-old from South Carolina, diagnosed with osteopenia. I believe that's an osteoporosis kind of overlap. A thinning of the bones. While a 25-year-old from Pennsylvania had osteoporosis specifically and a cracked spine. This is exactly what we're hearing. Exactly what both AP and Reuters told us. And apparently nobody cares. A 26-year-old in Massachusetts needed a total hip replacement. 26-year-old. A 25-year-old in Wisconsin, like Derricot, had chronic pain and degenerative disc disease. That's exactly what the person with Matt Walsh was saying. Exactly. That people are walking hunched over because their spines didn't fuse properly. Quote, it just feels like I'm being punished for basically being experimented on when I was a child. Why can't we hear this? I'd hate for a child to be put on Lupron, which is happening everywhere right now, get to my age, and go through the things I've been going through. Guys, we are going to see an overwhelming explosion of this as these kids grow up. And how much you want to bet it gets categorized as something else. It'll end up in SIDS or SADS or fibromyalgia or plenty of other things that are just sort of catch-alls for things they can't explain. Right? That, that's, what this, that's what they do. Look at them doing it with the most obvious signal in history with the COVID-19 injections. But we know this right in front of us. In the interviews with women who took Lupron to delay puberty or grow taller, most described depression and anxiety. So those are not things to dismiss. That, that's, that is on top of everything else. And then we ask why these people are taking their lives. Several recounted their struggles or a daughter's with suicidal urges. Now, let's be clear, by the way. There has never been a time in history that this community is more supported. So this argument that's somehow being persecuted, and that's why they're taking their lives, it's counterintuitive. It's opposite of the reality. Now, I'm saying in general, there's plenty of them that are, you know, there's people get persecuted every day. Because they're a certain skin color. It's happening right now because of your, your government's doing that to plenty of people in this country. But overall, the simple point is that by and large, they are more accepted than ever. And so you've seen the dramatic increase in this problem. They're just hoping you don't look at it. Several recorded their struggles or daughters with suicidal urges. One mother of Lupron patient described seizures. Such complaints have recently come under scrutiny at the FDA, which regularly regulates drug safety. Oh, clearly. Clearly, that's the opposite of what their job is. We are currently conducting a specific review, they say, of nervous system and psychiatric events in association with specifically GNRH antagonists. That's the class of drug, which includes Lupron, in pediatric patients. The FDA said in this statement, responding to Kaiser Health and this investigative report. This was 2017. 
Apparently, they didn't care because guess what they found? This is happening. We do see this. It's still happening. We just saw the current reports from AP and Reuters. Where's the FDA at? Did they, did they even say anything after this? Not as far as I can tell. The FDA is clearly paid to keep these things under wraps. That's my opinion. But what else can we see by today? <clears throat> I mean, how many drugs do we need to see that they approve or emergency authorize that are later shown to be not just bad, but <clears throat> like the most possible danger? Like, Look at the injection again. The FDA is also reviewing deadly seizures. I mean, it just keeps going, guys. Stemming from the pediatric use of Lupron and other drugs in its class. While there are other drugs similar to Lupron, it is a market leader. And thousands of women have joined Facebook groups, internet forums, in 2017. It's only exploded more today. In recent years, claiming that Lupron ruined their lives or left them crippled. They are giving this to your six-year-old. My God. But the FDA has yet to issue additional warnings. Not still, as far as I can tell, have not. About pediatric use and unapproved uses of the drug, which is exactly what this is being done today, or that that's being done today. Unapproved uses, that's the point, and directed, focused on kids. How much you want to bet if you look at the, who, the, the, the use, which I should have looked up today, actually? What's the percentage breakdown? I bet you can't even find it, of what ages are being prescribed Lupron. How much you want to bet? It is the vast majority in minors, and that is the whole point. That's the last thing that should be being done. There's a whole bunch more in this article, but I wanted to move forward with this. Now, there's an important story that we want to get into today, which is about Target. And then another one in regard to a transgender person being beat up in Italy for doing something very lewd, which is the report. But they're denying that. But the police are standing by with their statements that this person was exposing themselves to children. Which I, you know, the point is that it doesn't make the idea that even then the argument they should there the idea is that even with regardless of the claims that the community is standing up and acting like it doesn't matter that it's all about trans hate and so you don't even care about what happened. I mean that that seems to be what's happening. But here's another interesting example of the the corporate conversation and the the trans community, the people that are manipulating all of this, driving right past the truth to push the narrative. March 29th, you may have seen this. Oh, well, technically, this is the next part we're getting to that. This is just the, the conversation. This is from the 29th. Target, marketing uh, of, mar- of vice president, holds a senior position at an organization that pushes secretive transgender policies and directs them at kindergarten to, 12, to, 12, to, to children, to K-12 through schools, which called, I think, maybe Gleason, calls for gender ideology to be integrated into all classes, even math. Spelled G-L-S-E-N. Now, this is one of the reasons this got focused on in regard to this upcoming Target story. But Gleason provides sample district policies with which restrict parents' knowledge on their children's gender transition in schools. That's that's wrong. That is the concern. That is why people see this and go, there's something more going on here. Why in the world do you want to come in between parents and their kids and have a secret conversation about their sexual identity? There's nothing about that that seems normal. Staff or educators shall not disclose any information that may reveal a student's gender identity to others, including parents or guardian. This disclosure must be discussed with the student prior to any action. We're talking children. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's what they're talking about. Now, the point, because again, we're talking kindergarten to 12, right? As, yeah, as much as you, I guarantee there are people that already have decided this must be fake because it's on Fox News, excuse me, on Fox News. 
which makes you an idiot <laughs> because that's not the, that's willful ignorance. I also argue Fox News puts out a lot of propaganda. So does CNN. The point is to dismiss something without entertaining it is ignorance. It's a definition. But the bottom line is that this is exactly what it says. You can look it up. The policy of Gleason, the group that he is a part of, literally argues that you should do this with children and not tell their parents. Gleason also provides books to full-time school employees for free, including some which contain sexually explicit content. Why are there sexually explicit books in schools for children ever? I mean, look, it's, it's, what's crazy is they argue that a lot of this stuff, which we've shown, which I'll actually show you in a minute, not all of them that are just talking about identity and whatever else, but even that, people have arguments about. The point, though, is that with the sexually explicit stuff, why is it somehow acceptable in, this, in the context of you know, gay relationships to talk about anal sex, but if I put in something that is you know, some kind of a pornography book, that that's not okay? I'm talking about the actual explicit, not just the conversation, but showing the graphic images. It just comes down to semantics, doesn't it? Why is one pornographic image okay and not the other? Because that's, and we're not, I'm not talking about like an anatomy image. We're talking about sexually explicit content. That's what it is. I'll show you. Now, for, this is just Nick Sorter showing, this is just kind of the breakdown if you want to read it. This person, his name is Carlos Severda, in charge of Target's brand marketing, is also the treasurer of Gleason, Target Pride's month partner. Gleason is pushing for school districts to adopt policies that will hide from parents their children's in-school gender transition. So let's, let's be clear about this. That involves exactly what we just talked about. So this guy is involved with a group that wants to hide the fact that you are giving children as young as six and even younger, which I've seen, potentially irreversible treatments. And that's as early as puberty blockers, the things that can make you infertile, that can cause all the things we just talked about that are barely tested and are not approved for that use. Why does that make sense? Because we want to make sure that they can maybe have an identity that we think they might want in the future? Days ago, it was revealed that Target has donated $2.1 million to this organization and is now carrying their themed clothing. Here is where we get into this Target conversation, and here's what somebody put out about this. And this is the kind of, I mean, this person has a very broken perception on how things are supposed to work. So I just walked into Target and the, um, right behind me here where you see all these lovely swimsuits, that's where the pride display used to be. And I came in here two days ago and my seven-year-old who's non-binary saw it and said, look, mom, it's pride. Look, they're going to celebrate me. Now, I, just my personal opinion, I don't know why, but something about this doesn't even feel honest. That's just my personal opinion. I shouldn't even include it, but you know that this happens, especially with these kind of politically motivated parents, that that is what they, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a white lie that, you know, it's like lying for their truth kind of a thing. That's just one. I just think that happens a lot. You know, I just didn't sound like a kid would say that, look, they're celebrating me. I don't know. That just doesn't seem, that seems not honest, but you know, I'll leave it alone. The bottom line is what she says next. And because some people complained and um, threw some stuff to the ground or I don't know what happened, they have moved to the pride section to the back of the store. Oh, so it's still in the store then. So they're still being celebrated, just not in the same spot. And this is making you have an emotional cry on social media. Or also the fact that this was a temporary display that was going to go down at some point anyway. 
like give you my point like this is this is irrational overreaction because it's all about the agenda now i'm not even saying she's doing it for an agenda she's just possibly just caught up in the fervor of the madness so the next time my seven-year-old comes to target or rather i can't bring them here anymore at least for the entire month of june why because the thing's in a different location it's ridiculous because if they walk in and all the other people who walk in and go where'd it go right over there it's right there are going to realize that they are being successful in trying to erase them oh erase them which means it's still there though because i don't think you understand the definition of erase if it's right behind you a few aisles back like this is the kind of broken mental state these people are broken like that's ridiculous We could do so much better than this. We're not supposed to negotiate with the terrorists. We're not supposed to negotiate with the terrorists. It's right in the store. It's, it's, I mean, I, even if it was removed, I would think this was stupid, right? And I'm not even trying, like, I, it, it, in some way, just as be, just to be a human being, it makes me feel sad that people are sad. But it, it, but it just feels ridiculous. It's like crying over spilt milk. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's something that is so minor when you're talking about... And by the way, I'm going to get into the story and show you what really went down here. But the idea that moving in a different location, which, by the way, just from a store's perspective, is still doing the same thing, but just trying to... Why does it only matter that your needs are met? Don't the other people that feel that they're insulted by that, don't they matter? But apparently not, because you're, there's only certain perspectives that we say, you know, we tap you on the head and say, you're the correct one today. You're the one that has the right opinion. That's stupid. That's ignorance. The idea that you somehow convince yourself that you're the only one that's right in a world full of multifaceted opinions is stupid and, and, and entitled. It really is. Now, trust me, the rest of the world is really seeing this in this country in particular today. Now, on May 25th, Target is being held hostage by an anti-LGBTQ campaign. Okay, so what ultimately happened here? Now, there's, I, I've gone through this, and I can't find... Target claims they were threatened, which it wouldn't surprise me. There's plenty of people that are just as irrational on the other side of this, but the point is that they, they argue they were threatened, right? Where they just says they effectively held Target hostage. The company was forced to make impossible choices. Like, that's why this woman's freaking out. The way they framed that, they moved it to another location, four aisles over, or whatever. An impossible choice that we had to safeguard our employees. Like, I mean, really? It seems like a little bit of an overstretch, but either way, as far as I can tell, I don't see any evidence of that, but you know, maybe they didn't share it. But I can show you what we do have evidence of. The thing that's not being as promoted, which is very, very telling. Well, on top of that, they moved it after threats against the staff. So it's the same point, right? But here's the part that seems that... Specifically, uh, CNN just didn't want to talk about. It's weird how they care about one, not the other. Where Target faces bomb threats amid the controversy. Even the title doesn't even get it. Of course, if it was the other way around, they would say, bomb threats from the racist, bigoted, anti-LGBTQ. Well, guess what, guys? These are bomb threats from the LGBTQ from this community. Now, of course, it's possible that that could be fake. That could be done by people on the right wing that want to make it look like that's what they do. Certainly possible. Same thing I would say in reverse. But if we can't prove that, then we go on with what we have in front of us. It says staff and customers at several Target locations were evacuated on Friday, which, by the way, we can prove didn't happen on this side. 
So however you want to look at this, let's just say these threats were very serious. On one side, you had threats with no follow-up that made them do what that made them do this or that didn't happen. On the other side, you've got threats with letters, emails, follow-up. We're talking bomb threats of stores. And we're and, and if we really compare, what you can see on one side is the irrational militant actions of the of the tried excuse me trans movement, and I mean just the ones that are irrational and militant. If that's where it came from, versus the side where people are just going take it down because you know, like here here's the thing I always point out. If you read through this, you can see as well, people are upset. And they reach out and they say, "I'll never use your store again." And, my, and, and, and that gets remember, like the school board meetings, where they said that they were all threatened and violent. That's not what happened. You had parents that were upset, and they said, "You better do your job because our kids are being killed." Well, that's the truth, and they frame that as being threatened. So this is my point. Now, in my research, that's what this appears to be: is just a bunch of people that were angry. Whereas on the other side of it, you have bomb threats. You get the point. As at multiple stores across the area. CBS News affiliate in Cleveland received an email at 12.26 p.m. Friday. Warning. CBS did of warning bombs that have been placed in five different target locations, according to a screenshot of the email, which was published by the outlet. The threat was made in response to Target's decision to remove LGBTQ pride collection from its shelves. Quote, Target is full of cowards who turned their back on the LGBT community and decided to cater to homophobic right-wing redneck bigots who protested and vandalized their store. We won't stand idly by as the far right continues to hunt us down. No, I mean, it certainly could be a fake, just like it always could be. But what's interesting to me is that nobody knows that for sure, and if they did, they'd be parading it all over the place. We caught them. They faked it, right? So explain for me why this wouldn't be covered by CNN. And maybe it was, I missed it. I looked, I didn't see it. Because the point is that that means they're just assuming that it's fake because it doesn't align with the narrative, which is the point. It says separate threats were also made to several target locations in Utah as well. Reports, CBS News affiliate, including stores in Layton, Salt Lake, Taylorsville, Bravo, all across the country. According to Layton Police Sergeant John Austin, who said who is cited by the report, officers began investigations after two local news stations received emails alerting them about the bomb threats. Isn't that very interesting? Now, here's somebody who pointed this out. This has the actually got a copy of the email, which you can look at for yourself. That's just the same point. Now, here is why people are increasingly upset about the focus on children is that it's not benign, right? In, in the schools, in what they're teaching and what they're giving these children, there is explicit examples, explicit examples of overly sexualized content directed at children. There's no way you, it doesn't matter whether you argue that it's different because they're, it's, they're, it's not different. There are children. And many of these kids are being pushed into this by the, by the which, as we just explained. This is, this is, a, this is a concerned parent who is showing what her children have given her, what she's seen in these classrooms, in British classrooms. Take a look for yourself. Hey, can I hold that? This is what they're teaching kids, RSE. Ages three and up. Is that right? Ages three and up. This is the dice game. No, look, it's pleasure, 
I mean, look at these things. This is my point, guys. These are not, this is not just sexual education where you're going, here is what the body looks like. Here is what a penis is. Here's what, that's not what this is. This is sexualized content. You do not teach children about their sexual identity unless you are pushing sexual identity. That's the problem here. It's not just about choosing who you are as a person. There's so much more involved and I've never argued that's everybody in the community. Quite frankly, I think there's a lot of them that don't realize this is happening. And there's a lot of them that I've talked to that do see it and think it's a problem. That's why I know this is not what we're being told and what a lot of the right conversation is saying. And in that same process, sweeping up just the gay conversation, which shows you that it's not really just about the problem. It's about hate. But the point is, in by and large, this is a real problem. And I do know for sure that it's not everybody in this community. Now, you guys don't take my word for that, but just realize that, it's, that there is an overrepresentation because it's a political agenda. They wouldn't need to lie about this stuff if it was as clear as, like, this is the point. They'd never need to lie if it's, if it's as easy to point out. Let's watch the rest of this. They just ran off. The dice, the children throw it, and have to- Look, he's talking about mouth, like different types of fellatio. Like, that's not sexual education. That's sexual content. Dice game, yeah? yeah Ages three and up, and there's no opt out in Wales and Scotland. There's no opt out. Look at that. These are drawings from children. There's no opt-out in Scotland. At ages three and up, RSC in the name of inclusivity. Tell me this isn't evil. Look at that. Let me just read what it's saying. Like, I mean, ask yourself why, if we're talking about purely an anatomy conversation, that needs to be included. Well, obviously, from a gay man's perspective or a gay person's perspective, the idea is that that's that's the way they have sex, right? Well, the problem, though, and for those in the podcast, it's just a picture about anal sex. As a child, whether or not that's what you may grow up to be or may be at that moment, the point is what you're being taught is not supposed to be about sexualized content or pleasure. It is about understanding the way the body works from an educational perspective. The moment we started getting into this idea where we're teaching children about erogenous zones, and that's this is disgusting and problematic. Not because they shouldn't know about this stuff at some point. By however, the point is that in at it, 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 five, six, seven, eight years old, they don't even understand this stuff. We were all there at some point. We know this, so this is a problem. This is satanic. And even my gay friends have said no, no, no. This is protecting the innocence of children. Yeah. Well, it starts at three, but at ten, three years old. Look at that. How to masturbate? Like, why are you teaching children how to masturbate? It's inappropriate. It's too much, too soon, and if you say no, that's wrong. You're labeled a prude, right? Too much to prude. You're labeled. You're labeled a racist, a bigot, a white supremacist. I mean, it's it's just irrational. The professor who wrote the document for Wales says that children are born sexual beings. She also says that the innocence of children is unproven. Is that UNESCO? So when when we go down the rabbit hole of where all this comes from, it's UN ideology. World Health Organization, if you talk- right. I've already shown you the documents from both. They both push the same thing. Man, oh man. Just so unnerving. Well, speaking of unnerving, here's one that I recently posted that got a lot of negative attention, but it's, I, I'll make it very clear for you. This is, this is uh, from the Gays Against Groomers account. It says, little girl at Pride Parade 
pets a man dressed up in pup fetish gear as another whips a man shaking his ass right in front of her. This isn't rocket science as to why acceptance of our community is plummeting. All right, these are pretty, now it doesn't matter what you think about this account. If a lot of people argue, oh, this account does that and this, it's not even the point. The argument is this, this, this account is about trying to point out the problem that we're pointing out from a gay perspective. It says, parents, we beg you to please not take your children to pride. It is no place for them. And to our community, we beg you to speak out against this. Now, this is the point. Obviously, the people said, well, the mother took her there. It's not that they're being forced on it. It's not what I mean. That's not even the point. As I said, this whole creepy puppy thing is a sexual fetish, right? Nobody can dispute that. That's what this is. It's not just because this is a sexual fetish. And I I would argue, not argue, I would say a sexual fetish that this young girl does not understand. And even if she does understand it from what they're doing, it's not that she sees this and goes, oh, a sex thing. It's to to this little girl. It's a puppy. It's a dog. And I'm going to pet the dog. This is my point. They don't understand what's going on. They don't have the, 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 the mental capacity to truly grasp that this is a sexual fetish and what that really means. And these kids are the ones that are being talked to by plenty of people in this community about how they need to start taking choices now based on their sexual identity that they don't even understand yet. So I said, so how is this not inherently sexual? Because that's the whole argument. They're just talking, it's just identity. No, it's a sexual discussion. The vast majority of people engaging with this conversation are not taking issue with the fact that it's a gay or trans person. It's that anyone is doing this in front of children. Anyone. That needs to be heard. This is the point. This is like talking about, you know, same thing. Israel's government's killing people. You're a racist, right? That, that We're explicit about this. Even though we say this, they'll still say, no, you're racist against Jewish people. That's not the point. It's not true. I'm sitting here telling you this is not about gay or trans people being. This is about literally anybody anywhere doing things like this in front of children. Now, I guarantee there are people that say that don't mean it. People that don't mean that don't say that and say the opposite. But you should just you can't assume that's stupid. But I'm telling you very clearly that this is what the truth is, at least from my perspective. That we, I don't know why we've ever allowed this, any kind of sexualized engagement. Now, again, the point would be that her mom brought her here. That's the mom's fault. But either way, it's not necessarily that it's happening at this event. It's just to make that simple point about her, how young and understanding what the fetish is. But overall, that there is a lot of overlap, that you have a lot of children, whether through parents or through the political push, through the government, making it seem normal. Come out to pride because it's just about acceptance. No. It is in some ways, and a lot of people that are there are just there for that idea, but then we can see this part of it that is overtly about sex, and that's where it becomes a very obvious problem. It's so clearly. I mean, even even the, 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 the person with the dog mask that gets up sh- shakes his butt right in front of the girl, right? I mean, this is not okay, man. Now, on top of that, let's not forget that that weird military person was just wearing that puppy fetish garbage. Any case. Here is another article. Transgender predator who identifies as a teenager pleads guilty to enticement of a minor. Now, of course, this platform is clearly really going after the transgender conversation. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that they're focusing on it. So people will dismiss this because, oh, it's that place. And that makes you stupid if you do that because this is real and you can look it up. The link is right here and you can tell this did happen. This person you're staring at is a man who pretends to be a teenage girl 
and just got just literally pled guilty in a court of law to enticement of a minor. But the, apparently to the community, this is a fake story. It doesn't happen. It's all a bunch of hype. An adult male who identifies as a lesbian teenager has pleaded guilty to charges of attempting to entice a minor into sexual activity after being caught in a law enforcement sting targeting child predators. Scarlet Moon Shadows, also known by the screen name of Dragon Girl 169 of West Rutland, Vermont, entered his plea last month. So this is a real thing. Pled guilty. Now here, by the way, are these same colors we're talking about. Let's not forget, we just proved this in the last show. Despite the fact that they're now using light pink and light blue to argue trans, that flag of light pink and light blue was originally put forward by the MAPS community, the minor attracted persons community. It's easy to prove. And then that starts to make sense. Now, my point is not that every trans person showing that is suddenly a pedophile, but realize that there is a surreptitious aspect to all of this. And it would be irresponsible of us to just overlap that with every trans person or every gay person. But it is a problem because it is happening. We just have to be nuanced about this because you fall in to the subjective conversation. They'll, they'll abuse that. The, the, the social engineers that are driving this. Well, here's another interesting point about the misrepresentation of this problem. I'm not sure who this person is. Uh, this was just a posted. Oh, actually, I think this is him. I think it's uh, Corey, Corey Yeshua. Now, he says, he says that he basically goes over this video about Whoopi Goldberg making the dishonest point about why are they angry about drag, drag story time and, and acting like it's just about reading books, at, like it's anti-trans. And I'm sure it is in some cases, but by and large, clearly the majority, people see this for what it is. And this person makes a great point, overlapping it with videos of all the different explicitly sexual full frontal nudity happening in front of children, even at drag queen story time. So Whoopi Goldberg is either dishonest or too ignorant to know the truth. Target has offered products celebrating Pride Month. And on Friday, some of their southern stores were instructed to put the products in the back of the store. What is the fear? What, why are people afraid of a, a shirt? Of a rainbow flag. flag? I am sick of people telling me I can't go to a drag show. Who are the snowflakes, really? The people scared of a flag. It's a rainbow flag. Well, if you don't want to shop the clothes, walk to the other parts yeah, of the store. I'm getting real. then why can't you walk to the back of the store to get it, right? Why, why is one so outrageous and one totally acceptable? Because you guys are the right ones, right? It, it's, it's hubris, right? It's, it's, it's entitlement. But he makes an excellent point right here, and you, you know it's coming, about the idea that who in the world is telling you you can't go to a drag show, you complete misrepresenting liar? Flag. I am sick of people telling me I can't go to a drag show. Who are the snowflakes, really? The people scared of a flag. It's a rainbow flag. Well, if you don't want to shop the clothes, walk to the other parts yeah, of the store. Sure. I'm getting really tired of it. I'm going to need Whoopi to explain to me who's banning her as an adult woman from going to drag shows or any other show she wants to attend. What governors are banning is children being exposed to things like this. Now, look, for those in the podcast, he shows a bunch of images that are beyond question, explicitly sexual, and children involved. This. And very disturbing things like this were a toddler's being walked around by a naked man with his breast implants out. A literal, a, a man, so still, but with complete breast implants, fully nude, walking around with an infant. Now, I, it's important. To, I, I, thought, I think I might at some point do an overlap on this. But we, we, the, the whole Pizzagate conversation from a long time ago, which is 
completely misrepresented, completely used against people, did have its roots in some interesting conversations, which we broke through. Right. The idea of the of, you know, Laura Silsby and Hillary Clinton and Haiti and that conversation. There's a lot of truth behind a lot of this, but it got boiled down to an absurd conversation about a pizza shop in a basement in Hillary Clinton, which even to that, there was some information there. But don't forget that we're supposed to be so afraid to talk about this, but we shouldn't because there's some parts of that that are relevant. One of which is that location, the pizza place in general, had some of the most explicitly disgusting nighttime drag queen, like dark, like almost like sexually like what's the term? Um. Uh, you know, where you inflict pain on each other. I'm forgetting the term for that, you know, whatever. The point is that that kind of stuff was happening, you know, very right after it went like 8 p.m. All of a sudden it gets dark and there's weird drag queen shows where they're doing sexual content with their breasts out on the stage at a place for children. And And you can show in the video that there's still children present. It's an interesting overlap to think about, right? That that's now being pushed on people. And that was even denied back then, but now it's literally happening right in front of us. We showed you videos of that talking about the most gruesome things and the images they posted, the artwork. I mean, it's all very, very interesting. Now, even just from mentioning that, there's going to be people that will dismiss everything I'm saying today. But that just shows you the willful ignorance of people. There is something to talk about there. I mean, remember, even Ben Swan did a breakdown on the provable aspects of it and then immediately got fired from his job. Which, by the way, again, make sure you check out Ben Swan's work and Sovereign's excellent work. Let's keep, keep watching this video. This one example that's really important. Or this, where a man is exposing himself to a small child while doing drag queen story hour. So this is not a joke. You can look this up. This is a supposed drag queen, drag I can't, why can't I say that? Drag queen story time. You can see a bunch of little girls, little kids sitting around. And the point is this drag queen who's a man, has a full penis, is not wearing underwear, and is sitting at, a, at, at eye level. And why is that appropriate? And why does nobody say anything? Oh, because it's trans and it's apparently it's okay because they're cowards. Now, whether that person right there is doing that for some sexual kick or doesn't care, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, it matters in plenty of context, but in the context of whether the kid is being abused, it doesn't really matter. Ah, it's just, it's, it's disconcerting at the very least. This is wrong on so many levels. And for the parents allowing this, for, the, for, for people that see it, pretend it's not happening, Makes my skin crawl. Or things like this, where a man's doing sexually explicit dances in front of young children. Shows like this, where three young children watch an adult half naked on stage showing a child how to twerk. Or how about this one, where an adult does sexually explicit dances with his behind out for a toddler in a chair. Hey Whoopi, do you think something like this is acceptable? That is a naked adult man. Sorry, I was muted. <clears throat> We've talked about this one. <clears throat> this is that one young kid that was pushed a while ago, right? He was pushed like long before this ever started as the, you know, and it, and it was a big deal. It was, he was out at like late shows and strip clubs and he was performing as a tra- as a kid dressed up in drag. Remember that? I mean, it, it's just, it's amazing that that is not a problem. It was, they didn't care back then. And we were called bigots for pointing it out then. And there was a naked, that's a naked, a grown naked man dressed as a woman standing next to a young child at a late night club. That is a boy who's clearly been sexualized. No one's banning you as an adult from attending shows that you want to see. The problem comes in when you try to take the innocence of children. And as far as Target goes, 
They're out here pushing gender ideology onto babies. Right, and that's the, one of the main points that I think I even forgot to get into in the Target conversation, right? Nobody being honest about this is criticizing the idea that pride content or you know material is available or present. It's the idea that all of this is focused, even the ones we saw at Target with those little, you know, the, the little one pieces. They are literally, and I'll show you examples next, directing this toward children more than anything else. Why is that okay? Because all of this, again, is inherently sexualized. All of it. And that's the whole point. Not from everybody in the, not from every trans person anywhere, but largely in this community, this agenda, that's what's happening. Onesies in books like Bye Bye Binary, using actual Satanists who refer to themselves as trans demons, thinks being straight is a plague. We would clearly like to pass ideology onto our children. No one's afraid of a rainbow. What we don't like is people sexualizing kids. What we don't like is people forcing their ideologies on our children by forcing their rainbow religion every single where we turn. Got it, Whoopi? Right. It's, you know, it just, it makes, it's, who can deny that? Plenty do. Well, here is, and wokeness, this is Barnes & Noble putting LGBTQ books front and center at the kids section. Like, you know, who's just, who is arguing this isn't happening? Now, they would go, why? You don't like gay stuff? That's not, my, that's not the point. The point is that we just proved to you that, that all of this is connected to the idea of pushing puberty blockers as young as six years old. And this is all, if you read through these, it's all about the same idea. It's about gender ideology. It's about pronouns. It's about, it's okay. You can choose to be this as you want to. And then they wake up next day and they go get puberty blockers. And their life has changed forever. That's the problem. And this is in kids' sections. I, and, and this is, look, that's a child. That's what we're talking about. This is not appropriate. Born ready. Grandkid, granddad's pride. It's all in the kids' section. Now, some of these books we've even shown you that have some pretty weird stuff in them. Not all of them, but a lot of them that I've seen. Now, if, here's another example. If you don't think this is being presented to children, this is, at, this is at Disney. A man, which, by the way, you shouldn't surprise you with the history. Just look up the word Disney on The Last American Vagabond, and you'll be shocked. Disney has a man in a dress working in the dress store for little girls at Disneyland. This is who Disney wants girls to see when they first walk in to pick out a dress. Like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with a man wearing a dress with a mustache. The point is that it's being put in front of young children to normalize this idea that this is something that is, you know, the, the, exactly what we just said. Why is it being put in front of children so explicitly? I think it's very obviously about jet, ideology, and there's no way to remove the sexual part from this conversation. So my name's Nick. I'm one of Fairy Godmother's Apprentices. I'm here to shop you around and make all your selections for the day. Now, my point ultimately would be that if it was just this one point, maybe you could argue that it just happened to be the employee they chose. I don't believe that. But alone, maybe. But with everything else we're talking about today, it's very clear what this is about. This is being focused on children. I honestly, I mean, I have my opinions, but how, I don't really know why for sure, but it seems very nefarious to me. There's no, especially with all the realities of like, if they then take the bait, everything they offer for them is super dangerous and problematic and potentially creating infertility. 
and strokes and seizures and fatality. But, you know, it's all, but let's just do it just so they feel better in that moment. Or really so you feel better for whatever reason. Well, here's another interesting conversation, which we'll finish with today. A transgender Brazilian who was accused of approaching numerous children near a school in Milan has been arrested by police. This was on the 25th. The mainstream media, of course, is totally silent about this as it contradicts their narrative. The public is saying that the police were too tough on this person. I don't call it so. Now, see, like even this, like, come on, really? I mean, it's a like this is my problem. My point is like there's no need to be. Well, I mean, look, it's hard to even say that. Like, as I talk about it, I'm like, well, this person is is a predator of children. So regardless, it's still a human being. Like, let's just be real, guys. We can't, we have to, we have to be not as bad as the other side. Even then, my point is this is a disgusting person, which I'm going to get into proving to you what actually happened before people jump the gun and say I'm just trusting a tweet. But yeah, it's a disgusting human being that deserves to be in jail and should be treated as such. But obviously, that's still a person, right? So there's just no point in this is just creating a situation for people to argue that you're, you see my point? Even if you feel that way, like the, broad, the bottom line is that we just need to be better than the other side in every possible way. I don't think this is, so, so it always says, this is how you have to handle these things so to protect our children. So just saying, I agree with the person being beat. You can watch for yourself. Now ask yourself why they, why do they seem so afraid to get near her, him him actually. I'll tell you why in a minute. It's not it's not what everybody's saying. All right, so that's the, that's the, the gist of it. So right, I mean, there's obvious questions there, right? Why, why are they so afraid to get close? Doesn't make any sense, does it? Like that's a logical question somebody who really wanted the truth would ask. As opposed to just jumping the gun and saying, they're beating a trans person for no reason, which is what literally everybody's saying with an agenda. Well, first of all, here's your own news. Here's what they have to say, and this is just pathetic. Italian government's anti-LGBTQ rhetoric blamed. That's what that's the best they can do. An entire article about nothing has to do with this other than like they're pushing the, the, the agenda in the conversation. You know what the gist of this article is? We don't know. We'll get back to you in regard to what happened. The rest is here's how people are being beat in other countries. Here's how trans are taking their own lives. Here's how, this is a straight up propaganda campaign. And the point is, we don't even know, but this is what's being blamed. So let's make that the headline. Your headline is, this might be the, what's. I mean, come on. This is the, this is the status of current corporate journalism. It's pathetic. Italian media report, it, stayed, it started when concerned parents called the police saying the woman was exhibiting odd and potentially threatening behavior in front of school. Wow. Okay, I'm, you, I can prove to you that this platform has exactly the same information that I do. The direct statements from the police, and this is what they write. Because they're cowards. Because, in fact, they're pedophile sympathizers. I mean, think about this. I'll prove to you that they know that it was in front of children, which they say school. But they also know that it wasn't potentially threatening. It was lewd and sexual behavior according to the police, that are still standing by that story. So think about how they write the story like that. That's just, and it shows you the agenda in real time. 
or at the very least, they know that they'll get attacked by that agenda if they don't tow it this way. However, authorities claim she was not harassing the children. Oh, authorities? You mean politicians? Yeah, that's what's happening. Euro News cannot verify this stage what happened. Cowards. Absolute pathetic cowards. Some claim uh, the, uh, the current leader, Maloney, who ran for election in 2022 with a slogan, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a Christian, was help, has helped create a hostile space for the LGBT. I made fun of that when it happened. I can't believe we're in such a broken, backward world that's saying, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a Christian. End of sentence. Is somehow helping to create a hostile space. That is lunacy. Now, obviously, the point was, <clears throat> and even her political motivation was kind of counter to that movement, clearly. But she's making an excellent point by pointing out that very benign statements, as long as they perceive it as threatening, is now th- it's about the way that it's about they think you're it's the idea of words or violence and not even just any word. Just if we think what you mean, wink, wink, is violent, then you are violence. Right. I mean, you can literally stand up and say it's a beautiful day and they go, I know what you actually mean. That's what's happening. And even if I actually meant something negative when I said that, how in the world do you know that for sure? It doesn't matter. It's all assumptive. So here we are where she's saying, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, and I'm a Christian, and she's now a bigot. That's how broken this is. And again, if you read, it's really sad. This entire article is everything but what happened. Talking about the president and what they're doing and the, their threats and what they're saying. And then down here, racial and sexual profiling, you know, the location, the 2019 study talked about what they're getting. It says nothing to do with it. Then it says, will there be consequences? So we don't even know what happened, but we're going to theorize about whether they should be held accountable. Can you guess what they argue? It sparked mixed reactions, some, call, some calling for their unacceptable behavior to be challenged. Others have stood by the officers claiming the woman was threatening the children. That's the only line in the whole thing that gets into what actually happened. Let me show you what happened. Well, just so we're clear, by the way, I'm going to show you directly from the local report that cites the, the actual police statements. But so does this, but because it comes from this one website, I'm sure people will dismiss it. But here's what it says. A trans-identified male arrested after stripping in front of school, threatening people with HIV, which is what the police are saying. The incident occurred Wednesday morning just as children entered the, in, this institute, a primary school near Trotter Park. The trans-identified male, who was reported to be a Brazilian national, reportedly exposed his genitals in front of the children as they filed in for class. The man, whose identity has not yet been confirmed, is reported to be without without Italian residency. Now, the fact that this is being removed from the story just shows you how desperate people are in this agenda to hide this reality. Why would that be? Maybe you could argue it's it's a one-off and they don't want that to misrepresent everybody else, but that, but it's not, though. There's been a lot of these happening. I think it's because there's an agenda that goes far beyond trying to keep their equality or whatever you think they're fighting for. This goes, this goes At some level, this is about hiding this part of the story. It says, according to this local report, the man began shouting obscenities at the people in front of the school, which you'll find, you can find a lot of not like fringe little blog, but like local news in Italy that are reporting what the police said and what the, what people around the area said they saw. Standing in front of the school, saying he would, quote, infect them with his blood that had H- was HIV positive. Police were called to the scene at 8.15 a.m. and arrived with ambulance support. Officers were quick, quickly able to apprehend the man and place him in a police vehicle. You didn't see all this part. With the intention of driving him to a nearby station. While in the car... 
the Brazilian reportedly, according to the police, attempted to self-harm with hairpins in an effort to cause himself to bleed, claiming he wanted to infect everybody with HIV. The transport didn't make it very far before the police stopped, which that's where they stopped the video, and the vehicle after seeing the trans-identified male collapse in the back seat. They argue he faked something wrong. That's what it says in their other statements. Reported that the concerned officers exited the car, opened the rear doors to check on the suspect, but then were violently attacked in response. That's where, they, he, that's where this person jumped out and ended up where you saw in the video. The suspect, who had ostensibly faked an injury in order to force the car to stop, kicked one officer and ran, resulted in the chase on foot, or I guess it's a little further down the road. Then one of the officers managed to grab him. The suspect lashed out violently, shoving the officer to the ground and continued to run. The local reports said that another officer jumped on the civilian's scooter to catch up with the suspect, using pepper spray to finally stop him. The officers then struck the trans-identified male with their batons after finally surrounding him in a parking lot. The final part of the shocking interaction was the, what you saw in the phone camera, the, fo- the footage from the phone, taken by a group at the university. The video was later posted online with some users accusing police of excessive violence without knowing what actually happened on a helpless trans person. Other users began spreading the narrative that the Brazilian was attacked simply for being transgender, which is what's happening. We're seeing it a lot. Even for politicians, it's the same thing with like Roger Waters' discussion. They didn't even care to find out what happened. They jumped on the point and said, you're a racist and anti-Semite because they wanted to, because they could get clicks, because it would work for their agenda. But Daniel Vincini, president of the police union, stood firm and reiterated to local media. The officers were called in response to a complaint that the Brazilian was harassing children. The police, quote, did their duty preventing that person from hurting children at a school. Our lawyers are ready to support the police. So in case you doubt this, here is their local report. You can check for yourself. Now, the, the translation's a little bit wonky, but the bottom line is clear. The, pers- they, the, the person was threatening to infect people with their blood, according to the police. It says some parents around the area, local reports, said they reported the presence of a woman, or rather a, tra- a man, Brazilian transsexual harassing, who stripped naked in the middle of the street and yelled threatening nonsense phrases, also preventing two pl- employees from cleaning the area saying, I have AIDS, I'll infect you. Faking an illness in the back of the car. And it says the police did, this is a quote from the police. Same right there, Daniel Vincini. The police did their duty, preventing that person from harming the children of a school. Our, our lawyers are ready to support them. Isn't that interesting and sad that we're in a world right now where that's so, the, the, we're ignoring all of the facts and Euronews is going, something happened, but we don't know. And it was threatening in front of the school. You are willfully ignoring the whole story that they were exposing themselves to children as a trans person and the police took action. And then when she threatened them, they had to use violence. Now, I'm not saying anything other than what actually happened. You can agree with it or not. It's not what I'm even getting into. This is where we are right now, that this kind of stuff is being ignored for a political agenda. And you know what? The, the, who's taking the crux, the, the brunt of the problem? The children. The most vulnerable among us are being put in the middle of this because of cowards and politicians and governments and an oversized, aggressive militant agenda. It's very alarming. Last two points to finish with. Marie Oakes points out that Ontario's conservative government is now telling school boards, because, you know, they're totally not focusing on children, that they now have to celebrate prides in schools. And it says right here specifically, and I'll show you where this comes from, That includes celebrating pride in a constructive, positive, and meaningful way to affirm 
LGBTQ students know that their educators and staff, school board administrators and governors stand with them. Okay, do you do that for normal? Do you do that for, you know, straight people? Well, no, it's the same. It's in their mind. They're not as they, they don't need it or whatever. It's the same reason that you act, they act like it's okay in some cases to celebrate certain things or like it's okay to say black lives matter, but not all lives matter or white lives matter, right? It's contradictory, isn't it? They, their argument is because they were oppressed and you're not. So it's a, basically a, a competition to see who's more oppressed. I'm more of a victim than you are. We've seen that building for a long time. The bottom line is that this is being pushed on children. And, and just the idea of just pride is one thing, but we know that this is, I just proved to you, this is overlapped with a lot of very concerning things. Now, this, again, comes directly from the Queen's Park Bureau Chief of Global News Toronto. So this, this, you can look this up. Very concerning to me. Lastly, just to show you the kind of broken nature of these people, we've seen, I've recently shown a thing of like Seema Holtra speaking at this Oxford Union debate chamber, right? Very classic. Well, this person who identifies as Riz, they, them, says, this evening I glued my hand to the floor of the Oxford Union debating chamber, because that's smart, right? Wearing a t-shirt which said, no more dead trans kids. Okay, well, I would love to hear some stats about dead trans kids, because I don't even think that's happening. Of course, because what they mean is the fact is not giving them puberty blockers is killing the trans. You're killing them. No, they're not. In fact, what you're giving them may actually kill them. But the point is, this person is so lost or so involved in the agenda that she's willing to glue her hand to the floor. And, and what? And, and stop a, a debate? <laughs> like, think about the counterintuitive nature of that. This says, in front of Kathleen Stock during her talk at the union, here's why I felt I had to take action. Now, I'm not sure Kathleen Stock is probably somebody they think is a trans-negative person or something. British philosopher writer, she was a professor... Has published academic works, fiction, imagination, sexual objectification. Yeah, her views. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Of course, it's front and center on the Wikipedia page. Her views on transgender rights and gender identity have become a contentious issue. Of course. So you're not allowed to have a different opinion. Now, here's the point. You're in a field that is designed for debate. So she's there to debate these concepts with people that, are, that by default will be arguing a different position. Instead of allowing an educated debate that may actually produce some kind of constructive outcome, you're going to sit down like a child and glue your hand to the floor with a shirt that's ridiculously not, it it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't make sense with what's really happening, and stop the debate. See the point? This is the op, these people are lost, both politically, mentally. The idea that you think this is going to do anything but get people to be angry at you is what the problem is. It's going to shake your can of bolts. See what it does. It creates the opposite effect. So the problem here today is that not only are we not even allowed to have a conversation about this, but they're increasing this and pushing this down your children's throats at a higher level than ever before, despite the fact that it's dangerous, it is harmful, potentially fatal, and will cause lasting effects no matter what they decide next or at the very least has a high potential. And you've got multiple doctors from the main institution they're citing for pro-trans conversations that are telling you, three of them, including the president, that they are prescribing these to children at, two, at a sloppy, direct quote, manner that is putting children in position to have these, fee- these drugs where they cannot bring, come, them, come back from them when they know that they're just gender confused and eventually they won't be transgender. That is the people running this institute. 
And yet we're called crazy for pointing that out. What else would you call that but an agenda? Man, I'm hoping this reached some people today. But sadly, I think it's just going to have more negative outcome than anything. But nonetheless, as always, we show you the truth. The truth is I see it. The reality of the information, and you can come to your own conclusions about it. Now, obviously, it's hard for me not to get a little bit frustrated about some of this stuff. But hopefully, I, I, this can be a little bit measured so people can reach the information. If not, look at the source material. Look at it for yourself. Make sure you understand what's really going on. And don't just buy one side or the other of the always wrong both sides two-party illusion. There's always more to the story than what the two-party illusion is selling you. Always. Do your due diligence, guys. Never been more important. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.